0: What are we doing here? Let's forget our existential dread and grab another beer And just live day to day like we've been doing it for years And after all it's neither there nor here. we can worry
1: about yeah. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> that official voice
2: means we mean business all right. What's happening? Hello, hello, hello. Owen hello, here.
1: everyone. This is Thomas here.
2: Hello, both of you. Um. So, uh,
1: what are we at? Ooh.
2: Is that how we should start every episode?
1: <laughs> what are we at? Or should we, uh, should we like do every segment with being like AI? What are we at? Simulation theory. What are we at? <laughs> um. But I, I think that actually a good way to start of the show. <laughs> yeah.
2: So Sandy. Uh, off mic as they say in the biz which we oh, are in. That um I just wanna start with a bit of like housekeeping because we we're talking mm-hmm. about um we're changing our doing a bit of fiddling with our mic settings there before we started.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh yeah, I've been doing mm-hmm. loads of research and by research I mean watching a lot of YouTube videos on mics. <laughs> <laughs> which I kinda of just love doing anyway. I don't know why. It's just like mm, that does it sound like a real good mic. Yeah. Well, I'm just interested anyway, because I plan on having a nice uh, setup at some point for recording music and all the rest. But yeah.
1: um Yeah, it makes sense for you in like two ways. One for doing a podcast, but like from the band perspective, if you get that set up would be
2: yeah, that's kinda way the way that's kinda the way I'm treating everything. It's like future like planning for anything I get I want to be able to use for other stuff. Like what I'm using at the minute is a is like a portable recorder with two mics on it, which is great for recording like um just recording music and stuff but i'm also using it for this so it's all like multiple uses mm. but uh that'd be good to include this in here because if people are listening to us two amateurs they might realize that they can do it themselves so
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we just we just bought a mic and then six months later we actually started doing it <laughs> that's all you need to do like it's, <laughs> okay. yeah pretty much because then once you get started because that's the thing is like is. I really enjoy doing this. And then once we got started, and you were like, "I oh, well, even if you want, I'll just give you an old mic. And I was like, oh, well, like, I enjoy doing this. I'll invest in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I wouldn't, I'd almost feel like, I'm sure yourself, you know, you wouldn't feel bad buying this, if you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. as you're saying, it's for your future self. It's not like a, it's, a, it's like not a bad part. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, yeah. I'm not just spending it and shit. i <laughs> not yeah. just buying like something stupid.
2: Well, that's kind of what I was trying to take into my, like um, I'm planning for um what to do next, and I think mm. the best thing to do is for us to both get the same mic. Yeah, definitely. And then that way, like, cause I was looking at there's there's really like there's a couple of different ways I could do it. You could go all in and get everything you need right now, but it might be a bit like complicated, and mm. you, like might be like extra things. But anyway, the mic I think I've. I've I've decided on is the Samson Q2U and for anyone who like has been, anyone who looks into this stuff on YouTube, there's a bit of a Q2U cult, (laughs) as they like jokingly called themselves, because it's like a really, it's pretty cheap mic, it's like I was looking up on Gear for Music and it's about 77, it'll probably be like 80 euro or so plus delivery and that's Mm. got the mic and a stand and a pop filter and everything you need to get started
1: yeah, I might say just looked it up here now. It's on Thoman. It's only 70 euro. It's pretty it looks yeah. It
2: looks really good, yeah. And it is the benefit of um most uh, mics, like you the one you have at the minute is use a, is a USB one, hmm. but USB only, where that one has USB plus um what do you call it? Um XLR. So you can upgrade then to a uh preamp or whatever, and you can still use the same mic, so it has that benefit. It's like, it's got like a an upgrade path, as they say,
3: hmm. but it's
2: also got enough to get started. Yeah. So I figured, at some point, we can both buy that, and then um, it'd be easier too, because then if you've any problems, I'll be using the exact same mic, and we can help each other. Yeah. Out.
1: and I'll just admit to you know a lot more about this stuff than me. <laughs> I don't know really anything about this stuff. I only yeah. got this. I only got this mic as you told me. <laughs> but...
2: Yeah, yeah. Is is annoying because um, well, like. Because one of the things about that one as well it's a dynamic mic so it's it's not as sensitive which has the benefit of if you're in an untreated room like we are it's it doesn't pick up as much um
1: like yeah you, you don't want it to pick up as much background
3: noise yeah, essentially
1: yeah
2: which i kind of like i don't know i think i kind of realized that after you'd bought that mic and then i was like, <laughs> oh, <damn."
1: laughs> oh a learning so, curve still yeah. find a way still find uses for it i'm sure like yeah, well, yeah. We're using it now, or is it, it's doing pretty well for me now. So
2: yeah, yeah, it's like got us off the ground, sure. So mm. um, so yeah, if anyone has any interest in doing this kind of thing, then that's I'd a good place to look, start. looking into that. Yeah,
1: and seventy euros not too much of a startup cost, considering Discord is free, and like that's pretty much well, pretty much the only cost is actually really your your time and that's seventy euro.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: and like
2: you can et- use free editing software like audacity or whatever and so yeah that is your only your only monetary uh price but yeah. what everyone says as well if you want if you have a podcast idea just do something record it on your phone or whatever you got the yeah. and you can always improve it later i was listening to a friend's podcast the first episode uh josh
0: uh shit i should have had his podcast name ready to go <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's that's Josh who Josh? Um friend Josh uh Fahari's
2: uh, in Australia now, but oh, okay. he put his first episode on we might do a wee cross promotion actually if he if he does more episodes because he only had the one at the time, but he's planning mm. on doing more anyway. Um but yeah, he just hit, hit his his first one using like um your phone, headphone headphones with the mic on them, the line mic. Yeah. and sure it sounds great Isolation yeah. Cast Dancing with Boredom if you want to look them up on YouTube I think that's still the only episode available at the minute but sure good we go it's got some good mm. Irish music uh, Dispersed Rider as well
1: oh, fair nice play to them. yeah Philip, I don't mind Australia doing that <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and another thing I was pl- idea is playing with but I don't know I'm not decided yet was maybe doing this like every two weeks yeah I don't mind instead of every week but I'm not sure it's just because it's like when I have to it's like um especially the last couple of weeks because it's like watch a movie do research on our weird science stuff yeah and
1: then uh, and and then also edit it
2: as well yeah Yeah, it's like it's a bit much but I'm thinking I'm gonna try it for another while anyway because it's it's probably good for me to have like these things to uh, just keep me busy and make me it's kind of good when you have stuff to do because you kind of value your your downtime a bit more instead of it just all being downtime so I'll try and yeah. keep it up for another couple of weeks sure and
1: would see say how I get have, on we're actually rotation fine but I, I think that too yeah I think I'm more busy sort of doing stuff I want when I have less time if you know what I mean because I know I because I know I ha- only have a certain amount of time to try and get stuff yeah, done you, so you I get stuff done have. Yeah.
4: yeah definitely yeah um I think that was it for to start so um
1: just get into what we've been up to all the week uh not much just work as usual it's yeah gonna kind of be like, kind, of kind of shit on monday like essentially you, know, you have a lab partner or like a part of a two-man team sort of but that guy he's on a the guys working with Derek. it's really signed but he's on a graduate program so he's moving rotation so he's going to qa so i'm going to be on my own from monday which is going to be kind of shit
2: <laughs> oh shit
1: because <laughs> it's going to be the same amount of work but it's just going to be me there Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like fuck um personally, yeah good enough are well, we just kind of shit i've also got a hospital appointment on wednesday that there's kind of shit all right check up mm. or something or uh, ultrasound oh. no pregnancies guys no pregnancies
4: oh. just, uh, congratulations. Uh, uh, yeah, just
1: yearly i'd have to go for one like once a year
3: oh, Okay. You know? yeah
4: I means i'm gonna have to go up and down like canyon like one day
2: <laughs> all right well <laughs> I would see you, but
1: um, I'm, not, I'm not allowed. I know, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's why I'm up and down in one day. There's nowhere I can stay because I uh, can't see anyone.
4: Like, shade.
1: Yeah, fucking pandemic.
4: What like. <laughs> um, yeah, about yourself? What are you up to? Um, What did I do during the week? Um. Uh, not a lot. I uh, just did a bit of
2: editing for this and a bit of preparation and everything. And then I'm uh, uh, working on uh, no, another song and stuff too. Just keeping keeping oh, at wonderful. it. Um, had a like a, a quiz last night with uh, friends on like a Zoom Zoom call. There was how many of us were there? Like eight people or something. Oh, on, on the call, yeah, and friend made uh questions and <laughs> had like nine rounds and that's good greg
1: we've done that the past two weeks with my family but the way we do oh, is yeah. we do we do um instead of like because it's a white because my brother's doing it in australia but then they had like one person being quizmaster, but that's a while out of work so yeah. every, every person does one round and it ah, works out okay.
3: really,
1: it works out really well actually because like it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like like this week i chose science fiction and pop culture like.
3: <laughs> I was just
1: fucking, some of the questions were just like, fuck's sake Thomas, nobody knows that, like in all fairness, I think, I, did, I just didn't think they were that bad, but nobody liked yeah. my questions. <laughs> yeah, it was really I was really. I was really proud.
2: Because that- <laughs> there Sorry. was like, um, the first question was like history, and then the second, or the first round was history, which I got like five out of ten, and then the mm-hmm. second round was tv and films which i got like did really well was like, <laughs> i was like going through it, it was like hmm seems i'm really good at this stuff that doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> the last round was like on friends round too so it was all stuff that we knew about each other and all it was really it was really nice
1: oh, uh, oh that that's actually a class one yeah when I mean, yeah. you said friends i was talking about like the tv shows like oh, what but like that no, it was actually...
2: all like it's all like kind of wee inside references and stuff and it's like the first sales. question is how many brothers does
1: ever have, and then yeah, all is here That's class. I remember actually the first week we did it. Uh, Jerry's final question was: Is Kim Jong Un alive or dead? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, my asked one of my questions was: How do you pronounce Elon Musk's child's name? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's pretty Ans-
1: good. Answer: No one knows. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, there was a lot of we got a bit competitive too. There was a lot of challenge in the, the answers and we're like hang on,
1: that's not right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like that's like my sister Catherine. Like she's well, she's fucking a all too. Which she was like, okay, I got three out of five in that round. I'm getting point six of one mark. <laughs> so
3: sad. It's, it's,
1: like, it's just it's literally a friendly quiz for no points. I don't care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was funny.
1: Uh, but yeah, no Zoom quiz is actually a ago crack. Yeah, it like, actually is, is like, we do them during the day we do them at like half twelve in the day because like my sister with her child and my brother in Australia like so it's so only time it suits all of us It so it's kind of oh, funny yeah. because like it was like two weeks ago when have we did it was it last week I can't remember but either way I got up like and you know started drinking like we're all having a few drinks on it and then Jesus Christ like I broke the seal and it was every two seconds just getting up <laughs> to pee. I was like oh no
3: when
1: do we start the day it was like one yeah. o'clock
2: So um today FM are doing like an all Ireland quiz every Saturday night as well. I think they live stream it from their Facebook maybe and you can like join in.
1: Oh wow that sounds good. It's pretty cool, yeah. I know somebody was doing they some people somebody a girl at work, her and her friends were doing like or they were taking part in a live stream fucking bingo (laughs) loco. You know with all the prizes and stuff and yeah. I don't know who was hosting it but apparently whoever was hosting it got pretty lushed anyway when I hosting it like...
2: Oh my god by the end of it it was a disaster it was like calling out the answers to the wrong questions and everything it was just a... <laughs> <laughs> Quizmaster passed out on the couch.
1: Yeah like I need to know who won, <laughs> one person super competitive.
2: A uh, few people got really hammered like <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> It's like conked out. <laughs> we're all we're all playing away. You just looking, there's like someone just on the couch on one of the screens. <laughs> that's class.
1: Because <laughs> that's like if you did it in real life, that's what would happen to you. Like it's just good to see it through a screen.
2: It's definitely a good way. Not not even doing a quiz, just like doing those video calls and having a few drinks with friends. It, it helps with the with the like kind of cabin fever. Definitely, it's a nice outlet.
1: Yeah, it is, and you kind of get to hear other people up to, and it's also kind of nice to hear that other people are like, "Ah, oh, shit, I've been in all week." You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, even though you kind of know everyone's been in all week, whenever you hear somebody else say it, you can kind of like, well, at least I'm not the only one. Bit of solidarity.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's it's friends that I wouldn't see as much either. It's like ones in Derry and then like and ones in Glasgow. Mm. Uh, like you know, it's like I would I wouldn't see them people if I was out in out in the pub at the weekend anyway. So it's.
1: Yeah so it's nice to see them. It's also kind of weird because I feel like I'm kind of connecting with people again sort of Mm -hmm. that I have not in ages. like me and my brother on my phone on the phone last week on like video chat and we were wasted like it was about six o'clock in the day and we started that quiz at like half half twelve we were like I started chatting about Edward who hadn't seen ages. we just added him into the call like (laughs) he was just like hey what's going on it was just pure class chatted to him for like an hour then. He went off the call, find it in someone else. It was really like nice just catching up with all these people, but haven't been chatting to them since before the pandemic, yeah. definitely.
4: Cool. Enjoyable. Yeah. You know.
1: Coming together by staying apart. <laughs> uh, any TV shows or movies or anything? Um I just watched another couple episodes of Midnight Gospel and say that's really what I'm not oh, yeah. into at the moment. I keep forgetting uh, about that. <laughs> It's just like, it's just, it's just an animated podcast and I just love it. Like, it's just kind of like, I understand, as you say, it's perfect story show, but no kind can keep going on about it. But it's just the way, like, the animation is just random and there's some kind of, like, yeah. kind of funny parts. But it's just, the, the animation's almost, like, the animation's almost in the background to what they're saying, if you ask me. Yeah. Because you're I'm so enthralled with what they're talking about and then the animation's just wild and, like, like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's just going nuts because it's, like, Adventure Time style and you know, it's all over the place and wacky and he's like, Oh, yes, like, oh, I believe in this though.
2: It's a good sign,
1: though, because I think this is our third week to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> um, so That's a pretty that, good um,
2: recommendation.
1: Yeah, I'm almost finished the book I started last week, I'm about oh, 75 to 100 pages left. and anyway, I'm over halfway through it. I've just really been enjoying it. That Philip K. Dick one, uh, Flow My Tears, the policeman said. It's really interesting because the lead character is like... Which one
0: was that? What, what was that about?
1: It's, you know, the... Uh, the like the tv star kind of wakes up one day and he's like world famous oh, and man. he like wakes up one day and he's got like five thousand dollars and this the same suit but nobody just nobody yeah. knows who he is and he's called a six which seems to be someone who's like kind of genetically altered to be better from some way you kind of only find a tidbit of that but it's just very good because the lead character is it's kind of like he's kind of not likable but it's an interesting story <laughs> you know what i mean he's kind of an yeah. asshole because he's a but he's supposed to be because he's kind of supposed to be like a big tv star who's like you know fucking cheated on his wife and stuff and just kind of is racist <laughs> you know <but laughs> so at the same time like it's just kind of it's a, it's a fun story but it's very it's kind of it's really grabbed me i'm almost finished it i was going to try and finish it in one week but uh, didn't get the chance and then I've also, I got in the post and I've read it before so I can talk about it is, um because I've got it again because I can't remember where my copy went about The the Last Girlfriend on Earth. Do you think about that?
3: I'm mm, not sure now. Tell
1: it's, me anyway. do you ever see the TV show man Seeking Woman? It's the one with Jay Burchill oh, yeah. And I can, it's the book that that's based on. It's the, it's the book that that TV show is based on, yeah. Cool. And it's just, it's just uh, I remember it being hilarious. This guy, Simon Rich, there's like, you know, there's personal dating ads for like dogs and stuff in it and like a guy goes to get starts off like one stories about like a priest going in and he's going in to exercise a guy because it's uh like it's like an it's done like an exorcism story but it's actually about like a guy getting rid of his ex-girlfriend stuff after she moves out (laughs) and stuff like that but it's just it's very like it's it's nice light humor so about that there just to because i i wanted to read it again (laughs) fair enough that's a good sign about yourself any TV shows
2: Um, I finished the book I was reading uh, Alias Grace by um, Margaret Atwood oh yeah it was was really really good really enjoyed it I've read three of her books I think uh, it's the the best out of the three books that I've well it's my favourite out of the three that I've read of hers again it's kind of that same similar genre to like what I was talking about when I read the the Byron makers of that like sort of historical fiction oh yeah there's even an Irish um sort of um connection she's from Belfast I think and then she moves oh, okay. to um moves to Canada I don't know if you know anything about the that story no um, uh, what's her name grace. grace. yeah what's what's her grace grace marks grace marks yeah Grace marks um you got there just before me um yeah so uh, she's Grace marks and she's like in prison for um- uh, mur- the murder of two people, but she was sixteen, I think when it happened and there was a bit of confusion it's like it was at the time it was like a really huge story and, like um r- like really made a lot of headlines I think it even like i think it would would have been a story that was in like worldwide
1: Newspapers oh, and everything. Yeah, what mean? Yeah, would have been like it was. It was that dude. Prickly for wind When's the set? 18, um, eighteen something is it? No, oh, yeah, it's eighteen forty three. Roughly. Yeah, so. I think she says
2: in the. I think she says in the book that she gets to Canada before the famine really gets bad. I think she's, I think that gets mentioned at some point. Mm. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of like, some people think she's innocent, some people think she's crazy, and there's a lot of, you don't really know what the crack is. So this is a, just like a fictionalised narrative about her, but it's really, really good. Mm. Really well written and everything.
4: Dude, so yeah, for,
1: for good stuff about uh, Margaret Atwood, because she also did The Handmaid's Tale, and then yeah, I think Kelly read that, and then we have something else by her as well, but I've actually never read anything by her myself. I, I read Handmaid's
2: Tale, I like that as well, but I had seen the TV, the first season of the show first, so that might have been why... Mm. I didn't enjoy it, it as much but also maybe because like Handmaid's Tale there's a bit of suspension of disbelief because it's kind of like a a thing that speculative fiction as she calls it
4: yeah so it's in like, this
2: in this because it's like based on something historical you kind of it's easier to buy into it. so I that might have been that might have been part of it as well
1: oh yeah I can get what you mean because yeah Handmaid's Tale it, it's like set in the near future isn't it unless it's like speculative yeah yeah, but like this is historical, so you know. Yeah, I know. I can know what you mean. Sometimes you can identify more with that. Particularly then as well, yeah. there's the Irish connection, which uh, you know, I'd yeah. always be like, you see anything Irish related in any kind of media, and you're from, especially from outside Ireland, you're like, hmm, yeah, <laughs> cool, <laughs> class. Like <laughs> you just you get more involved. Like there's a single Irish character. Oh, I really like them.
3: Awesome. Like uh, even just...
2: <laughs> there's a whole part of describing them on the journey from. Um, Belfast to uh Canada. I can't remember where they got off the boat now, but um, like that was the same as or reminded me of the Star of the Sea, which was about the boat journey from um going to the America during the famine. So it was like ah, oh. like so there's another familiar little connection. I was like oh
1: I like this. I remember this. Yeah. I
2: remember this kind of story.
1: Yeah, I remember this kind of thing.
2: Yeah. But uh, it's also just like it's interesting to you because you kind of even though you know it like from the very start you know what the story is because it um it uses um snippets from like her confession and headlines and other people's accounts so you know that like she got arrested because it's in prison and you know what you know what you know everything that happened she people yeah. died she's the suspect her and another fella. So you know all that, but you're just slowly working, like getting there. So you're like, which doesn't always work. I don't, I don't think. Like, you yeah, know what
1: you mean. It's kind of like you still somewhat know the ending, but it's like you're still enjoying the journey. But I know yeah, what you mean. sometimes that does not work. Nah, it's, it's hard to get. Can be
2: hard to get that right, and this does it really well.
1: Hmm. Like I think it's kind of. I think that's almost like harder to do with a book as well. I think it's easier if you know how like a movie is going to end to get through it. Cause like I suppose the book's get more effort if you know what I mean. So like if you know how a book ends, sometimes I can kind of ruin a book for you. But if you know how a movie ends, sometimes you can still watch it easier. I would find.
4: Mm.
3: Well, I, I think. think with
2: the book, it's like you get to really like seep, let the characters and all like seep into you, and you so you're mm. like become very familiar over the the course of reading it. So you're. Yeah. It's, I think it's a bit easier to get invested enough to keep going.
1: Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, you move, like you can't exactly have a book on in the background. <laughs> you flicking phone, just <laughs> like just going yeah. page by page. <laughs> yeah. Um, I started watching
2: um the TV show Shits Creek. Have you heard of that?
1: I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't actually watched it. It's the yeah. one with it's one with Eugene Levy. The guy Eugene from, Levy,
2: yeah. Uh, American um, Pie. American Pie, the dad, yeah, and Catherine O'Hara.
4: Who's Saturday? Catherine O'Hara?
2: The mum from um, Home Alone. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I've only I'm only like halfway through the first season, so I need to keep going. But mm. it, it did remind me of something we talked about last week, where you were talking about um, like when you're watching a movie or something, you can you can see where it's coming. And we're talking about like sometimes it, sometimes that's annoying, and sometimes you're kind of you're okay with it. Kind of like we were just talking about with that book too, actually.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's enjoyable to know what's going to happen, sometimes it isn't.
2: Yeah, sometimes it really negatively affects you. Sometimes you can, you're can you kind of okay with it if it's everything else is well done enough. Mm. Watching that, I realised when it doesn't work and that's when it's in comedy and you know what the punchline... If you can work out the punchline before it happens, then that's yeah. bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, because like a lot of comedy comes from this... It's like subversion of expectations. Yeah, exactly. It has to be like a, Ye- something that you can't couple yourself or whatever, you can't see coming. Yeah, you have to have the setup and you have to kinda because I think I actually remember I think it was in a very good documentary I watched called Misery the Company. Did you ever see that? No. It's uh like a whole bunch it's it's fantastic actually definitely you would say watch it it's a whole bunch of comedians and it's made by comedians but they they're asked a question like do you think you need to be miserable to be a comedian essentially oh, that's yeah. kind of the main question of it. But there's a good thing about that. It's like one of the comedians says like he's talking about like in the middle of it. He's like, you don't understand. Like if you're doing really well at the show, he's like, you're in control and you know where this is going next. He's like, but kind of like they don't. But you yeah. know that this next thing you say is going to just like make the room like erupt. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. I've heard and he's that like, before, but he,
4: actually.
1: But he doesn't like, he's like, um, but that's like, that's a part of the subversion of expectations. He says, because like, he's like, it's, I don't know if it's the same comedian. He, I can't remember who it is, but he's describing. He's like, and you're leading them up this path. And they think that they know where they're going, but they yeah. don't, essentially. <laughs> and then that's how you get them. Yeah. That's just a very good description of that's probably what they do.
2: Yeah. Actually, that reminded me of something which is kind of connected to what I'm talking about. It's like um, when pe- people come up to comedians after the show and be like, oh, I've got like, a, a really funny punchline for that, for that joke you told. And he was like, yeah, that's because whatever you thought you were going it was going to be, that's like the obvious answer. So I came up with that too. And then I thought, I can make this better yeah um, it's like it, if you're in the and if you're in the crowd like and you hear the joke and you're like oh I I, I got a funny answer to that and it's like yeah that's because everyone can do that yeah the comedian's there to do the do not that
1: yeah that's like the yeah that's the, it's the professional job professional's yeah. job to make things better like you do know, but I did have the,
2: a moment watching that show where it was kind of like oh, there was just um I can't remember, there was something I felt I could see coming, but I can't remember, there was a couple of times actually, yeah, that I did see the, the punchline coming. But there was another one where I could like, I could very clearly see how to improve the joke. And I was mm. like, hmm, <laughs> that's not a good sign.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even I know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, it was just like,
2: they were doing this thing, it was like this game, they were trying to like, I don't know, they were a bore or something, it's like they were doing a game where you have to say two things that are, true about you and one that is false mm. so the guy goes um he says I'm drunk um I'm sitting in this shitty motel room and then he says like a third thing and then he says and I'm not drunk and I was like well you could have just like made that way more efficient if you said I w- if you said I'm drunk I'm sitting in a shitty room and I wish I was drunk yeah. then that would have been like it's just like a, a clearly more efficient way to do that same joke and I was like hmm. do you know what I mean it's like the first one just felt like the very first draft of the joke that they didn't bother like fixing up or improving in any way
1: yeah or trying again but like I feel that like for a lot of like definitely for a lot of comedy I know like definitely I think in movies and stuff the best funniest movies have a tendency to usually be the ones with improv and you can kind of you know do you ever like watch certain yeah. movies and you can tell that there was probably like loads of different outtakes and stuff for certain things you know you can kind of tell because yeah. like the story the story is not necessarily the matter or it's just like setting up situations i think it comes best from that because that's because they're trying and because yeah, not pro- not
2: always because you hear um what's a what uh
1: what's that guy
2: I'm gonna get him mixed up with the who's the guy in charge of all the Marvel movies? Oh, Kevin Feige. Feige. It's it's not him, but there's another guy. It's like something Feige. He's the guy that did the uh, Ghostbusters reboot.
3: Hmm, on, I see. can't
2: remember his name. It doesn't matter. Anyway, if you watch like Red Letter Media, they they always talk about how his movies are just improv and they are shit because there's no jokes. Like you have to have a balance. It's like they they like they're like oh it's just people screaming at each other. And it's like oh yeah hmm. just keep rolling. It's like we'll use that grand it's like you have to have a a structure that you can like improve upon with improv yeah but if you just
1: but i think it's and that's it's, where it's, it's,
2: that's where the the magic happens like you have if you have talented comic actors with good material then you put them together and it'll become something even better
1: yeah like that's what i think but that's what I was going to say is like you need like the story does not matter but you need to they need to have a, an understanding of like the situation and the characters yeah and like like the American Office is like yeah, that
4: like yeah.
1: that became so good because they all became like so interest like good with the characters like, like I'm sorry like to this day one of the best lines is I'm not uh, I'm not superstitious I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> Just
3: a little bit stitches <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: <it's laughs> fantastic or Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec do you yeah, ever see great you know example the, the only you know outtakes. Like yeah, yeah. There was, i think it was you told me was it like the writer said that he's annoyed that the best joke that was written on that show wasn't written by any writer it was chris pratt and it's uh amy you're feeling sick i'll type it in the computer here uh it appears you have a network connection error
2: network <laughs> diagnostic <laughs> problems
1: or something yeah, yeah or
2: something like that i typed up i tapped your <laughs> symptoms into this little thing up here and it says you've got network diagnostic problems so <laughs> it's just
1: fantastic
2: yeah, there's so that's a that's a great show for the, the outtakes because there's it's there's so many of them are just like um Chris Pratt making everyone crack up.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If like you're the same... talking about comebacks, that's a good example. Oh yeah, the what do you call it? What do you mean like Kim Kardashian? What she was it's in that like, video and no, I seen come on her back?
2: <laughs> it's like, no, I don't think yeah. That's it. <laughs> I was actually listening to Audrey Plaza on Dak Shepherd's podcast during the week and she was talking about like how because that was like the... She did like... She did like three or four things all at the same time. She did a movie with um Donald Glover. um, What's it called? Mystery Team or something? Oh, right. I think it's called Mystery Team. So she did that. She was in Funny People, that uh, John oh. Apatow one, uh, yeah. Parks and Rec, and there was another one, Scott Pilgrim, I think. She basically just got all these parts at the exact same time. And... Like... She was just kind of thrust into this, like like her career just kind of took off suddenly. She didn't really like know how these things worked or whatever. She just got extremely lucky, and like she said, working on Parks and Rec kind of gave her a weird perspective on the future because she was just like any other show should go on. She's like, "Hey, where's all the funny people that?" Because <laughs> in that <laughs> show, apparently they were all just making each other laugh all the time.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like it. It sounds like there was like. It just like would have been a great thing to work on because so it was definitely that kind of atmosphere from the, from hearing them talk about it. Like they were all yeah. they were all trying to outdo each other, but like the best way possible. Yeah. <laughs> but like, did you see? Did you ever see? Was it Chris Pratt on Graham Norton chatting about trying to surprise Amy Polar? And he's like, he's, uh, he's, both, yeah. he's I... supposed, he's he's supposed to like pop out naked, and they couldn't get the reaction right because he's like in his underwear, and then he's like to the, like to th- one of the guys from the cameras, like, should I just? should I just do it? Should I just, you know, and he goes out naked and they get the reaction shot and then yeah. he, what I love is he's on Graham Norton and he's describing his whole thing and he's like, "And I got this whole letter telling me to never mention this again and if I do this that there'll be like a sexual." And it's like he's saying this on like a TV show in front of me. <laughs> 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 so many people like, uh yeah, I'm going to get a letter and get sued for sexual harassment and I shouldn't tell anybody that I did this and stuff. <laughs>
2: like, Speaking of <laughs> uh, Graham Norton, I, I seen a clip of uh, Lewis Capaldi on it and he was on the same couch as Jim Carrey, and still managed to like hold his own. Like he was just telling the story about the uh, Brit Award or something, and it was like I was like, this is kind of amazing. This like Scottish singer is being hilarious, and he's next to Jim Carrey, and he's he's doing it. Like how's that? How does that work?
1: Yeah, no, how does <laughs> like, That's that's actually that's actually much class with the Graham Norton show. Is there sometimes some weird like? kind of couches of like you can have people that are absolutely like legends in the business and then Mm. somebody who's like nobody (laughs) did you see there was like like was it there was a couch there was there was two irish guys from like cork or something on it because they won like the the roars yeah the roars did you Uh, see them with Marion (laughs) Cudd? and and she can't understand a fucking thing (laughs) she's just sitting there like what are they saying and Graham Norton gets more Irish when they come on too.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they there was like an interview that went viral or something,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or they were just like being really enthusiastic or something
1: like that. No, I didn't see the interview; I just see them on it, and they were just yeah. There.
2: That that was why though, because they they had an interview after they won, and it it like just kind of blew up because whatever way they were going on, there I think they were just like being really enthusiastic and funny after winning. And uh, yeah, I think that was why they ended up on the show because of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I end up. I've been watching a bit of Graham Norton bits at work sometimes if I'm, if I'm yeah. time just because it's funny. I good stuff like it is good. There's a lot. It's just a lot of weird stories on it. Like, or you see, when <laughs> yeah. you, you see Mark Wahlberg the first time on it, he you know gets drunk and passes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh Aubrey Plaza was saying on Parks and Rec too that uh, Chris Pratt and Nick Offerman would always go around farting. <laughs> <laughs> Like they just like rip big farts and make each other laugh all the time and her her and Amy Poehler would just be like okay we get it <laughs> she's saying too that like Nick Offerman like would just do that thing like she'd be like complaining about something and he'd be like no this is this is as good as it gets like just giving her this like fatherly sage advice and all like on on scene just reminding her that like this is what she's a part of is, is special and all and I was like oh, that's quite nice
1: yeah that's quite nice. Yeah, it sounds like it probably would have been classwork, but it, you kind of imagine it from the show, like. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. what do you think? It would have been hard, even if all that stuff was just written, scripted down, I think it would have been hard to not, like, laugh, even still when things are going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so when I was talking about that, um, when I said that the joke in the show felt like it was the first draft. Yeah. That reminded me of, I listened I I listen to Wikiti on the podcast a uh, good one where it's like they interview comedians and stuff and they like pick a joke but they they were just doing it on um Ragnarok. Oh yeah. And he was saying that like that, he felt like that happened a lot in that in that um for that script. It's like there was jokes in there that was just like he felt it was just like, oh this was clearly made in a board meeting a year ago. Someone made up a line. I was like, oh that's good. Leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying that whenever he got to do the movie he um it was like in his contract where he gets one pass at uh at the script, so like he can read this. They ha- the script was done, but he gets mm. to come in and just do like one one pass over changing things. Yeah. So like, um. Yeah, the character that he played and all, like it was like, oh, maybe I could play that guy because I usually play a character in, in my movies. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. So then, when the new pass was done, it's like, I'm just like, ah, oh, that character's in it a lot more now. He's <laughs> <laughs> like some like minor, minor character.
1: Yeah, like in like one scene or something, and then yeah. he's
2: like... <laughs> and he st- steals the show when they end up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it becomes one of the funniest characters in the whole thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I was wondering too, it was like. Did they? Was that because of the Edgar Wright Ant-Man? No, they, like he was on board for that and then they had some disagreement. I, I'm, I was wondering, did they give him a bit more leniency or whatever? Because it does feel like such a Taika movie. There's only like one or two parts that you can kind of notice. You're like, all right, this is like the big picture stuff that they have to take care of. And then it's like back to yeah, Taika's like- show.
1: I see. Th- I I feel like, particularly for when Ant Man came out, I think they're kind of starting to give a wee bit more creative direction. Somewhat, I know the guy that did Doctor Strange, the first one, Scott Derrickson. He got let go from the second one because they didn't like what he was going to do with it. So he wanted to make it kind of more horrorish. Yeah. Apparently, um, so it's kind of it's kind of weird because it kind of seems you kind of don't know. It's all Disney because it seems like some directors seem to go, but it's also like maybe like some of them just know how to sweet so talk them or do it right or do it but i know what you mean yeah because some of them seem to get more it feels like they get more creative direction than others
2: it could also he's, just been because it was thor and like star 2 is like just the one that everyone thinks is the worst
1: yeah it's considered like so the maybe, most forgettable film <laughs> so
2: maybe they were just like you know what just do your thing uh,
1: yeah we, it's, we've got, it's, no, on, it's it's only thor he's he's he's, fucked I, I know, yeah. and he's like the probably the, one of the favorite characters
2: strongest avenger yeah so I remember all those jokes online. It's like everyone. It's like after every movie or something, people be like,
1: "Oh, strongest Avenger."
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it'll be like it'll change every time or whatever. It's like, <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, as long as the movie.
2: And then uh, yeah, because Ant Man was the strongest Avenger for a while because he there was the the, the Reddit. I don't know if it was just Reddit, but. I think I might have start, started on Reddit anywhere where like they said that uh, Endgame was going to end with Ant-Man crawling up Thanos' ass and then expanding.
1: Oh. oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you ever see the interview like, I think, was it the Russo brothers or was it Paul Rod or somebody? I think it might have been Paul Rod even got asked that question about that and he was like, I don't know, maybe. Like, <laughs> I can't see, like he was like, it would work. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that would have been so funny. There's an take of it for the crack.
3: Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: um But yeah,
2: um, we brought him up, I mentioned the murder. Kevin Kevin Feige, I was yeah. watching a video. To, or was that today? I think it was today on um uh, the Amazing Spider Man Two. Mm. And like, it was just talking about it. Just chose like one scene about about how ridiculous it was. But it was saying that like he actually Kevin Feige actually gave notes to the director, even though it was like that was still Sony and it was unrelated. But mm. he like had a read of the script and was like, oh, you should do this and this and this. And like, so he he does just seem to have a really good uh understanding
1: of like those characters and everything it's pretty it's pretty cool like Mm, and how like it it seems as well particularly for his job he obviously like how not only the characters how the characters should interact and how the characters should interact with the universe because that's kind of his main job really (laughs) yeah like
2: like, one of the notes he gave for that movie was like don't have new yorkers rioting and it was like oh yeah (laughs) don't do that (laughs) it's like that's like the opposite of what should happen in a spider-man movie like think about spider-man 1 where they all like
1: New Yorkers! Yeah, and they all like, they all like come together. Yeah. Like, yeah. No.
2: and In both movies, on the bridge in the first one and on the train in the second one, it's like they yeah. all band together.
1: And like so that, have... that train scene is still really good, you know, they're all like, you yeah. know, it's Toby so big wise, like he's as young as my son, he looks 16 and he looks about 30, but yeah. like, you know, <laughs> for the point Cause of the <laughs> yeah, because he is, because he starts his movies at like 26, 27, but like, I always thought that was a really good scene where it's like, is he like, you it, know. Yeah, it's great. Was that time we,
2: looked, we rewatched uh, um, the first two there? A few, like a uh, probably
1: like a month or so or so ago now no oh, really it was about two months ago I, I we watched the whole trilogy <laughs> oh
2: really yeah. uh, we didn't get we're, we're planning on watching the third one we didn't get around it yet but what's the first two they're, mm. they're so good yeah they are. I think they're actually they kind of have improved because they're so like at that time they became the formula and like Daredevil did the same thing and yeah. there was another movie Catwoman I suppose yeah. there's a few movies that like a few post-Spider-Man superhero movies that all followed that formula and then the formula changed after like Iron Man 1 came out yeah. so now when you go back to those ones they actually seem fresh again
1: because they're so different to the the current formula but like I still think you know Spider-Man 2 like Dark Ark is yeah. a villain is like he's like yeah, a, he's for, for a villain his motivations are very good like if you know what I mean
2: that that scene where he um he's like passed out and the, the, his like arms attack everyone that's class mm. it's pure horror like I'm yeah. co- and like that is just that's like Sam Raimi summed up in one scene like the part where the guy falls down and then like the next thing you see the the chainsaw come up <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like <laughs> that it's perfect true. combination of horror and comedy that Sam yeah. Raimi just does so well yeah I actually that's, finished the play in the P- ps4 game there recently the spider-man game
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I finished that there. Did oh, you play that it as there. well? Oh yeah, man. So
4: good. Yeah, brilliant. It's,
1: what I like about that is because like I loved all like the Batman Arkham games, and what I love yeah. so well about them is because I'd be such a massive comic book fan. is like they're like like those were written by Paul Dini, who wrote the Batman animated series and lots of Batman comics. So it's mm. apart from being a great game, it's a great like comic book Batman story. Yeah. And then and that, the PS4 Spider Man is the is exact brilliant. same.
4: Brilliantly written.
1: Oh yeah, it's so well written. Like, like, Miles Morales coming into it as well. Like, I, I enjoyed his segments. Sorry? Just every, like, character. Like, no Miles oh, Morales. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. And, like, I just thought the whole game was class. Like, all the characters were brilliant. Like, the whole kind of setup. Also, I kind of liked that he wasn't a teenager and a college student. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: He's always a teenager. Like, almost always. Again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that PS4 Spider-Man game was brilliant. Like, and I'm really sickened because the next game's coming out in PS5. And, like... I don't want to have to buy a ps5 phone game but you're going to
3: <laughs> yeah but I'm, gonna,
1: like, <laughs> I'm, I'm
4: got to like <laughs> bastards like
1: uh, yeah that was
2: class yeah. i was so like oh, I, I don't want to i don't want to spoil it but i kind of want to get ended at the same time but um i know i'll just say it's class and leave it at that yeah uh, that um that what was that name of that thing you? brought up Misery Loves Company,
1: was that what it's called? Yeah, Misery Loves Company. I think that's what it's called. It's a yeah. comedian documentary. It's very, very good. It reminded uh, me
2: there of um the comedian. It's just called Comedian. It's a documentary with Seinfeld in it. Jay Seinfeld.
4: Hmm. And
2: another comedian who I can't remember, which is kinda weirdly the point of the movie, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like in two thousand it was like early two thousands whenever they made it. And it was after Seinfeld, the show had it ended yeah so there's this oh, what's his name Ari oh, it doesn't matter <laughs> if he was any good we'd still know his name which is kind of like the the like watching it now has added this layer to it in that way and oh i get to do it again there's a bit of stoicism in it
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> unreal perfect
2: every time man <laughs> but like this it, the other guy is like this up and comer and he like thinks he's class and he like, he, he's pretty funny, but he like, he keeps telling himself uh, how great he is and like can't tell other people how great he is and everything. And like,
3: mm.
2: it's like kind of the thing that Ego's Enemies talks all about. It's like, he, don't, don't tell, don't like your narrative is like that. Any story you tell yourself is your ego. So if you say I am whatever, like any narrative is what you should be cutting out and not indulging.
4: Mm.
2: And, um, and it's just the opposite. Like he thinks he's totally entitled and he thinks he should be the the biggest comedian in the world. Meanwhile, the literal comedians, biggest comedian in the world has thrown out all his material and is starting from scratch on a whole new hour of, uh, comedy. And he's like (laughs) going to clubs and he starts working on a, a 10 minute, then goes up to 15. Like he's just slowly, slowly putting in all this work and like he's talking to other comedians and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing a whole new hour from scratch. And they're just like, what? Yeah. So the person who actually earned the the place that the up-and-comer wants to be is the one that's putting in the work and the one that hasn't put in the work is just feeling entitled.
1: Yeah, I got it. He ends
2: up actually getting the Jerry Seinfeld's um, manager and everything and it's like, I suppose to him it's like, oh if I get the manager then I'll be the next Seinfeld, I'll have the same manager. And mm-hmm. there's a brilliant part where him and the manager are sitting in a room and a guy comes in and I can't remember what, what happens, but like the, you can kind of tell he doesn't have a lot of time for this comedian, mm-hmm. but, he, the, but then the comedian prompts him to say what he wants. And he tell he gives him amazing advice, which I wish I could remember the whole thing, but it's just like, um, he like tells him that he's really talented, but you just got to stop worrying about like what other people think and stop worrying about all these other things and just like focus on all this here. And like you've got a bad attitude and all this here, and it's like, like it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant advice. And when the guy leaves, he turns to his manager and goes like, "Can
1: you believe that way the way that guy talked to me? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he like, just didn't take any of it on
2: whatsoever, yeah. pretty much." And now we still know who Seinfeld is, and I can't even remember that guy's name, so. I looked it up. It's it Omi Adams? Or Orney Adams, sorry. Orney Adams, that's
1: it, yeah. Yeah, never Dude. heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I do, I'll admit though, I was just looking up the Wikipedia comedian film, and I just thought it was interesting, because it's also, in hindsight, it's a wee bit like touchy for now, because many other recognizable comedians also make at least a cameo. Colin Quinn, Greg Leto, Jim Norton, Ray Romano, Godfrey, Chris Rock, George Wallace, Mario Joyner, Jay Leno, Tom Papa, and last but not least, Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Fuck. That you're going to see uh, Louis C.K.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's even worse. <laughs>
2: the thing is, like, it's it's mad how mon- like, how many times you still hear Bill Cosby come up from other comedians because they're just like, like, I don't know, no. I've never actually seen any Bill Cosby stand up, but apparently, like, he clearly just was so influential on so many people.
1: Yeah, like that's the thing. It's kind of hard to say. It's like, like you know, what I mean, like these comedians are probably saying for years that, like, you know, Bill Cosby was a big influence of mine, and they probably but they're probably still doing really it.
2: They're still think... doing it. But I mean, like, it still comes up in podcasts I listen to and all. Like,
1: it's like they it, always,
2: they'll always have to be like, like Pete Holmes. The way, like, anytime something like this comes up in his podcast, he always just says, like, like so it'd be like Bill Cosby scandal noted, and then just continue on with the story, just so yeah. like. still got we still got some talking to here you know it's like we can't just pretend it doesn't all exist or whatever which i i think is the best way to do it is just like you just gotta acknowledge it and
3: say whatever you want
1: but like but it's like um sorry go ahead there i was gonna say it would be hard though like if you like if you take like a lot because i know a lot of comedians would say like bill cosby and it'd be very hard if you like say this man inspired you to like still not like you know what i mean if this was your life your career then that you chose your life be really hard to deal with the fact that this is the person that inspired you and then that's who they are, if you know what I mean?
4: Yeah. be I don't
1: know. Probably well, still a, would
2: be some um, Dave Chappelle does it really well in one of his latest um well it's from a few years ago now. Um he talks about it and just does it like just Dave Chappelle is another absolute legend. I love his current any of his last few stand ups have just been so good Because
3: like,
2: mm. he's just like he's just at this level where he can just like he talks so slow and everything, and just takes his time and just like, oh, he's a master. But he does, um, let's see if I can find
4: the name of that uh, special. Age of Spin, I think is the one. Mm. Um,
2: definitely check that out. It just puts all that into perfect perspective in a very eloquent and hilarious way. Which actually reminds me, um, have you seen the new the C.K. stand up special? What no, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a new one. that came out like
1: a couple weeks ago. No, I didn't even know anyone came out. To be honest,
2: he just put it out on like his own website that you and you like pay for it and download it.
1: Oh yeah, of course you yeah, not... can't. You yeah. can't do anything. Um, I'll actually admit. Uh, adrian adrian murren he did say something to me he did say that if lucy k brought out a new stand-up or did a new stand-up he would go see it and he said for one reason he went i just want to go and i'll decide after the opening line i was like what do you mean he went that has to be a fucking amazing opening line to get you back on his side
2: it's it's pretty good it does it's it's from the get-go you're just like all right (laughs) all right you rascal (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really funny really really funny it's like i don't know he just he just um addresses it in a in the right way and I, I was like kind of surprised too. it's like he comes out and I think he gets like a bit of I don't know I don't know if everyone stands up but I, I know a few people stand up and there's like women in the audience too that was the,
1: the biggest shocker yeah <laughs> was he was he was he was he having a wank when I you seen them or like <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. by the way I just want to point out when I'm out on uh the Wikipedia of Lucy C.K. Here we're going back down. You've got George Carlin, Buddy Allen, Larry David. George, these are all influences. Joan Rivers, Robin Williams, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, and Bill Cosby. Hey.
2: <laughs> kind of too much inspiration out. from him.
1: <laughs> yes, It's have <laughs> bit worrying. Now. I must give that a watch thing because, like, you kind of like. I'd be interested.
4: to have to almost. Yeah, it, it 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 it's just good comedy. Like, very funny.
2: I was thinking, we could. I don't know if you want to wade into that kind of discussion of uh, how, like, if people, you know, people have do, done things like that, how you should sort of receive their art or whatever.
3: Mm.
1: See, I know it's kind of hard. Well, if you want to wade into it, like, I'll say, I know it's just kind of hard for me because whenever I was, like, also my teenage years, like, probably my favourite fucking band was brand new, like... Well, that's formed. exactly
2: what I was going to say. There's a it's a it's a subject pretty close to both our hearts because of that band
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and it just kind of kind of throws you for a loop like and i'll admit as well like because i feel like i did sort of a thing of like it sounds really bad but obviously if the whole me too movement came out and, like after all everything kevin spacey did and stuff and then to hear stuff and be, like, people didn't be like but it's not as bad as kevin spacey like <laughs> you know what i mean it's <laughs> almost like he's the benchmark yeah. So it's, he's like which is also probably bad to do as well, but you're like, you know, well, you know, he wasn't quite Kevin Spacey, so it's not too bad, you know. Like what's the scale? Is it like Kevin Spacey to like? Yeah, it was up? it was weird that it's like
2: it almost had the wrong effect, I think, of like it all happened at once because it kinda of desensitized you to everything. Yeah, it was and every it was day like, someone knew you, like you started going instead of it being outraged, you were like, Oh, another one? Yeah. It was like this is I don't know, it was a bit weird. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or like sometimes it'd be yeah, It almost like, felt
2: it almost felt calculated or something. It was like, oh, we'll just put this all out at once and no one will care,
1: yeah. or something. And also, like like some of them, you were kind of like, oh, yeah, of course he does. And then other <laughs> ones like, you know, another ones like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, when it's
2: something so pers, like it when it feels weirdly personal to you, like not the actual thing, like not but you know if it's like a band that you love that feels like it's part of you or something and then if you hear yeah. something bad it almost feels like a personal Attack. injury or something you're like
1: oh, yeah but like I thought that because like you know this just going to say about brand new like you know because your teenage years are formative years and music was a massive part of it you know that kind of way it's yeah. just, that's why it can be so hurtful because it's like
2: yeah that's what I mean yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know it's, it's a weird one isn't it like then yeah. he you be like, "What about the rest of the band? <laughs> they they yeah. didn't do anything. <laughs> it's okay."
2: <laughs> and it doesn't actually affect the music, which is why you're there.
1: Yeah, it's like, the another thing.
2: But some people yeah. like it's it, it's it's a big uh, debate still. Like, mm-hmm. there's a few like there's um mid Midwest or what's it called again? Some emo page that I'm on on Facebook, and they come up all the time. And every time they come up, there's a big debate. It's like, oh, can we stop talking about this shit band whatever? Mm. And it's usually the reason it comes up is because someone's like, oh, I love this album, whatever. It's like one of the most important things. So it's like, should they, that person be denied that feeling that they have from listening to the music just because the person's a piece of shit? Yeah. You can still acknowledge they're a piece of shit. Like every time I listen to Brand New, I'm like, I love this music by that piece of shit. Like,
4: yeah, I have I both. Like,
2: I have both things in my head. It doesn't diminish either one of them. I don't think.
1: Mm, well, it kind of. Well, I think it kind of diminished it for me at the start. Like, well, I did it can a little.
2: But I mean, like, just because you're listening to it doesn't mean it diminishes the bad thing.
1: Yeah, but it also doesn't mean I'm supporting the bad yeah. thing. it's not like, and also like that's what I mean. Like, there's other people in the band. There are other people that worked on this. So him being, it's not,
2: it's not like when people listen to Chris Brown and they're like, oh, I, he could batter me any day. <laughs> 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 Have you not? That was a thing, like.
1: Oh, I should know that. Well, it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Like, but... is that is that? The, am I mean, did I say the right name there? Chris Brown. Yeah, it was Chris Brown. Yeah.
2: The person who battered Rihanna. Yeah, that was Chris. Just Brown. gonna, just gonna get that on record.
1: Yes, this was me. Chris, Chris Brown. Wrong,
2: Chris Brown beat the shit out of Rihanna.
1: But in case you're getting the wrong Chris. <laughs> like, no, but um I but like I also yeah, think that with just, like um like you have to separate the art from the artist in a way and then technically you probably always kinda should, but like there's that whole thing of, you know, whenever your heroes turn human and you shouldn't actually meet your heroes because it turns them human and if you meet them then you won't like them. Yeah. Because like I always thought that like, you know, like I fucking love the books of Hunter S. Thompson and I've read an awful lot of his work. I don't think I would have liked that man and I don't think I would have liked to meet him. <laughs> no, I think it's a very obvious case 'cause like well, I don't know, actually, because um, Well, actually, definitely what, not in his, the later years of his life You know what I mean? Yeah. In the later years of his life, you definitely be an asshole
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually,
2: I, I, I wanted to get on to something was, um, What was that? Norm Macdonald He reached hmm. out to that actress on um, what, what was her name again? <sighs> Roseanne what show was she in, or was it just called Roseanne? I
1: have no idea. Um,
2: anyway, Norm McDonald um, made some comments defending, or like it was about not defending them, but it was about the treatment of Louis C.K. and um, Roseanne. Is is her show just called Roseanne? There was even Br- called
1: Roseanne, but it was just yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, that's it. So the girl, the actress. Um, Roseanne Bard says here she something happened to her where she um, or she like shouted at an intern maybe or something uh, I think she there was some racial slurs possibly and then she said that the reason she did it was because she was taking like Xanax or something and she wasn't um, um
1: in like the way through my mind
4: yeah
2: so she got fired She got cancelled all that there fair enough but then Norm Macdonald. Uh, made like a very public thing about the way they were mistreated and all. And I actually think it was really good of him because he was just, what he was saying was like, you're still, these people that have done bad things are still people. And it's just so easy to forget that. Yeah. Like they're not monsters. They just made a mistake. And it's so much easier for us to just get together and be like, oh, fuck you. And there's no um, compassion there at all. It's presented as compassion because you're attacking someone who did something wrong, but it's yeah. actually just complete bu- bullshit. Like, and I, it, I think it's class that he just took took that kind of a stand. He, it's all, it's that he almost doesn't give a fuck and gives a lot of a fuck at the same time. <laughs> like, he cares enough about these people because he's friends, and he goes, yeah, I'm gonna forget what I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna reach out to these people and um, try and help them and all.
1: Yeah, because there's that there thing, like, even, personally, my life right now, but I won't release it on this, I just find out some bad things, with someone close to me and stuff, and it's like, do you, like, you could do the one hand if you could, like, kind of cut them off, and if you cut them, but then if you cut them off, are you going to push them further down, like, a harder or darker path?
2: Yeah, exactly, try, I think about that a lot, too, it's like, that. that's not going to help anyone,
4: no, if you just, if I think you have can,
2: to, like, you have to take everything like you can't just paint everything with the same brush you have to be like all right that was a bit too far fuck you yeah. or you can go uh, i still care about this person i'm gonna try and help them
1: or if even like a basic human level even if you don't like obviously there are it can be certain times certain people that you want to get rid of in your life but if it's like right look if i do this they're gonna get worse i could actually be there and just yeah. even by being a normal human being to them this is gonna be better for them
4: or yeah, also exactly.
1: by by being there to be able to call them out whenever they're gonna do something again as well yeah. you know what i mean there's like i don't get the whole kind of demonize and like no yeah that, that doesn't
2: that doesn't help the only person that helps is help you feel better because you said fuck that person
1: yeah i'm i feel can, i'm such a say, good person now
2: and then you can say hey everyone look at me i said fuck that person
1: yeah <laughs> it's yeah, the thing i the, Come on, guys. Thing that's, thing. Let's all go tell them go fuck themselves. Yeah, that'll show yeah. them this person it's who could thing. possibly actually need help.
2: It's a thing I <laughs> I I I, say, I bring up a lot, and it's like, yeah, that's the easiest thing to do, and it's a lot harder to try and show compassion to that person. But sure, who said that the easier thing is the right thing to do? Like that—that's not the case at all.
1: Yeah. Plus, like, I also think with a lot of these situations, because like it can be maybe one word versus another, or like you just don't know. The f- like you're never gonna get. Like you need there's two sides every story and all that, but you're also never gonna get the full like situation or anything like that. Like it's just it's really like it, things are never black and white, they're always shades of grey. And because yeah. what even a one side, and I didn't mean no specific case, I mean just in general, even a one side make it look come out looking worse doesn't mean the other side is also so clean. It's like, you know like it's like it not the f def- defending. It's just it's really yeah, we're just talking,
2: we're just talking about hypotheticals here. It's all right,
1: hypotheticals. Sorry, yeah. I just I couldn't like. Sometimes initially, I even would do it now if I maybe get angry. It'd be like maybe like fuck that person. And after I calmed down, I would maybe try and convince myself there is obviously, as I say, another side. Or you need to hear everything, and you need to hear their side of the story. But just walking up and telling somebody to go fuck themselves, essentially, because of something that you heard from somebody else, is completely counterintuitive yeah. to any kind of fairness. <laughs>
2: Also, it's totally depressing if we're to to believe that people have no com- capacity to change. Yeah, like that's a horrible thought. <laughs>
1: I don't want to live in that kind of world. No, like I always love you know you see it those like things it's in, like in Finland and Sweden and stuff where the way their prisons are run and they're like they're like closing down prisons and it's like yeah because I truly believe in redemption like that's truly it like they that's go they do that's what the prison is for like people
2: forget that it's like the prison system is supposed to rehabilitate. That means when the people come out of the prison, they're better. That's yeah. what the point is. It's not all um, about punishment.
1: No, it's supposed to be they're reintegrated into society to be yeah. a functioning human being. And it's like that makes well, that makes perfect fucking sense. Like I understand the punishment, and I can like you know, you can have people saying it's like, yeah, well, what about a serial killer? It's like that's a very extreme case. But like, what about like a guy that fucking evades? Yeah, and tax? they're probably
2: a psychopath as well. You're not going to fix that.
1: Yeah, that's but a bit. If it's, it's someone
2: like, who like did something due to circumstance or whatever, then that's a different thing.
1: Yeah, like stealing bread to feed your family is a lot different than just stealing money to line to buy a new car. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like a banker.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the banker can afford to get away with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I just think about that a lot too. And it's, but you see, it's it's really it's really hard in a scenario whenever you're in it, because if, like, if you're being emotional, but if you're being objective about things, and that's what it is supposed to be, and that's also what the law and any kind of punishment or any kind of redemption is supposed to be, it's supposed to be completely objective. Yeah. Um, no emotion. Which is why we should have a robotic court system.
4: There we go. Let's go off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I would...
1: That's what I believe about it. I think we're on the same page. I think, I don't know if this podcast is going to work, man, if we keep being on the same page. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, in conclusion, uh, we did not reach a conclusion.
1: <laughs> in conclusion, it's not black and
4: white. Life's too complicated. Yeah. I think you just gotta keep, um, yeah, just, I don't know. Just take a bit of time to think about everything, like just in any, uh,
2: any problem like it's just so easy to condemn and it's a lot harder to be compassionate but i think
4: one clearly has a a better uh outcome than the other one would produce a better society i suppose yeah but uh oh and i think uh, you disagreed with me so
1: fuck you right you're wrong. All right, I'm out of here.
3: Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. I'm going to tell everyone to not talk to you. There we go. So problem solved. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, what else? Oh, yeah. You brought up uh, Hunter S. Thompson. I actually watched a documentary of his on Friday. Uh, which documentary? Um, by the Ticket, Take the Ride.
1: Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I really like Hunter Thompson. Such a fucking interesting guy. Yeah, um,
2: it's funny, I was the- like, I was sitting drinking uh, whiskey and I like said at a point "Was like, oh, I used to love drinking uh, Kentucky bourbon. I was like, oh, that's what
0: I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I Hunter Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, um, actually watched another documentary. That's right. I watched one on Bukowski during the week as well.
4: Oh, really? Oh, I
1: caught barn into this. Ooh, I'd say that was very good i I say that was quite depressing um was it? no not
2: really it was like they were actually very similar uh, both documentaries the style of them it was like all um just interviews with people who knew him and stuff and then like kind of uh inter-, inter interspersed with like interviews of him and everything but Ooh. yeah it was really good but uh yeah I had to be careful or I had to like remind myself that like especially watching those two together it's like watching these kind of Two, like hard partying drinkers, that uh, it doesn't mean I have to, I have to drink too. <laughs> it's like it's easy to get wrapped up into the romantic story of that kind of stuff, and it's like I started thinking I was like maybe I should like go on a week long bender and write a book,
4: and I was yeah. like
2: no 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 no. no.
1: <laughs> I was actually I was I think it was was it talking to you? I was listening to a podcast and it was very interesting. They were on about that. I can't remember if it was writers comedians. Oh no, it was actually in Midnight Gospel. That's what it was and uh one of the characters this so woman she chatting about like whenever she was like she's a writer and then she used to like um she's been an alcoholic but like she had a pure sad life she like both her parents died when she was young and like i think some she married her brother maybe like i can't remember but a lot like she like she has a lot of death in her history and she was an alcoholic for years and she was a writer and then she was saying that like one of the biggest fears was that if she was to give up drink that she lose her ability to write which mm. is what she was like that's you know like apart from needing to drink because she's like what became was an alcoholic she was like too scared to not be an alcoholic because she needed this this kind of depressing atmosphere to be able to write her stories and then obviously she's now sober and she's still able to write yeah and that's it's a
2: it's a trap that people always fall into
1: which uh, i can i can see easily
2: yeah uh, like uh in the Bukowski one he, he when he was working at the post office, was it? It's like he used to wake up. It's like I have to get up early every morning and start drinking and writing. It was like that was you <laughs> had to do both. Like, yeah, it's and then the, the first one start drinking. Like, it's it's the same. Pe- like any creative person, I think has that uh that fear that like if you do anything to alter your state of mind, that you'll remove your creativity, which is why people they like. Depression and and anxiety and stuff, and like creative people, they are less likely to do something about it because they feel that is tied to their creativity as well.
1: Yeah, that's like fuels the talent. That's like where it comes from. But then, yeah. like, unfortunately, that also comes from because you're saying Andres Tomczel Bukowski, two world-renowned, well-known writers who were both like uh, animals, animals <laughs> on like you know like. Andres Thompson, I would call him a general addict because he literally was yeah. took any drug and because he was a big drinker. But then there's a history of that there. And then that's also who you're going to be taking like inspiration from. So then you're kind of going to follow that pattern. But that's also because like they didn't know how to deal with what they were dealing with. And that was you know what I mean? It's because they were in the traps and you fall into the yeah. trap because they were in the trap. You know, it's a vicious cycle of creating.
2: Yeah. I always remember, um, well, I don't remember who said it, I feel like it might have been like Hemingway or someone. Again, who oh, I was um Hemingway was one of Tontress Thompson's biggest inspirations, I think. Mm. I think they said that in the documentary and I key was another one drinking um all that lifestyle and everything. But um I think he said that you can't write about a city until you've left left it. And I always yeah. think that's a really good analogy for like mental states as well. Like you can't write about depression, for example, until you're no longer de- depressed because then you, that's the only time you get to see it properly. And I find that too, even when writing songs or whatever, it's like it, it, I always write a, I always do a better job when I've like, I'm looking back on remembering how I was feeling than actually when I was in the middle of it. Whatever mm. that feeling was, just a better perspective is actually a way better, um, like creative fuel than anything else.
1: Yeah, that's true. I suppose that makes it. I think was it in the very first podcast where sure, I was telling you about writing a bit, and I started going through the whole cancer. bit again, and like yeah. started going through. Like I was just going through diagnosis and stuff. Then like going to the hospital and like kind of thinking like because like at the time for something like that, whenever you're going through something, you know, if you're going through something kind of hard, you sort of just you're almost like in a dreamlike state state walking through it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you don't. Particularly that there for something as shocking as that there to happen to me, it's like a kind of right, you don't fully register what happens and then whenever you start, you know, six months later down the line, it can hit you more mentally.
4: Or yeah, it's it's it's, it's, physically.
1: even if
2: you, you could play that to like right now, like this whole, the part of our lives right now, lockdown and everything. In like a couple of years' time, we'll look back and we'll be able to make sense of this and be like, oh, that's when this all happened, because we'll see the context of everything else.
1: Yeah.
2: And see how things
1: are Yeah, like
2: it'll all, like, you know, whenever it just happens, everything you look back and you realise that there's these things that were connected that you couldn't see at the time, but now it just seems so obvious and all. So yeah,
4: if if you're
2: feeling shit or you're feeling like um, addicted or anything...
4: Just go get help, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're not gonna, It's not going to worsen your life in any way. It's only going to improve it.
1: Plus, I'll also say, because a lot of people don't seem to know this, which I find interesting, is like apart from even always get counselling, because it's great for you, but you can also go to your doctor for help. Yeah. You can, you know, if you don't want, if, then unfortunately, because there can be underfunding of counselling services in Ireland, you can still go to your doctor and they can help you get help in your head. And for depression, there's such a thing as clinical depression, where you actually do need antidepressants yeah,
2: yeah there's yeah. so many different things you need like or yeah. you could you could need yeah, yeah. I, i've been thinking like the last while is like as soon as this is all as soon as things are back to normal or whatever i'll i'll be going to my doctor to i don't know have some kind of checkup
1: yeah well I, that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm thinking about trying to get counseling again anyway mm-hmm. for myself i just think it would be well, I just know what would be good for me. I just think there's still some something.
3: It's I need good to for everybody. But I've heard, I
2: said, people, I've heard that said a lot. Like everyone should go to counseling or therapy or whatever. I no think no matter how, be, happy, like, how happy how happy are, you can probably. You don't probably,
1: know what's but, bubbling under the surface. Yeah, exactly. And I just think as well that like, um, just it's better to go because like um, one of the things is supposed to get told in counseling the first time I went, and it's so true. Is like, it's you can you should always be able to turn to your friends and family. And you should always have people lean on, which is great. But the problem with turning to your friends and family is they'll tell you what they what you want to hear. Or mm-hmm. and a therapist or a counselor or a doctor will tell you what you need, need to hear, which is yeah. two very different things. <laughs> and I thought that, was, that always rang true for me because like, because um, like maybe not even want what you want to hear, maybe what they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't exactly. The sometimes people might feel really bad, and just want like might be uncomfortable, want out of the situation. <laughs> like,
4: mm. yeah. So I would always say stuff like that, and I try and be more open about that stuff now. Anyway,
1: Put yeah. It inside love
2: Yeah, me too, man. Um, I think I've got gotten very good at being able to talk about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I can still get uncomfortable at times about yeah. like, that's like, that's another thing is like, that's that's normal, like, that's natural, like, you know, and how does it film... feel? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> get out of my head, <laughs> oh,
4: Jesus Christ, man.
2: Uh, so, yeah, I was thinking, uh, trying a new segment. Basically, I realized that we don't really talk about music on this, all right, yeah. Well, we did today actually, I think, probably for the first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of tied to issues and then.
4: Yeah,
2: another uh, story. Issues. Yeah. So uh, I, I was thinking that I could recommend a, an album every every podcast.
3: Yeah, okay. And.
1: and uh, I'll, I'll to listen and then go through the album. Um, yeah, we can get your review the week after, maybe. It's more just really for like, people. Sorry, I was going say it doesn't have to be a review, but like if you review, if you offer it to people, I should probably listen to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, you could do. Just get. Uh, then it's almost like a. I don't know. It, it'll it'll turn into two albums a week. It's like whenever I give the new one, you can give your opinion on the last one or whatever. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, so. But boy used to do this on his podcast, but he did it like kind of more classic albums so i was thinking what i would do is try and keep it more modern and instead of doing it more like try and keep it more personal to my own opinion more than like a oh this is a great album it's more like this is an album i love and yeah. also I'm thinking try, i'll try and keep it to stuff that you can buy on bandcamp and actually i'll probably buy them as well just as like a motive almost like a something to motivate me to to buy albums more regularly mm. But uh, this first one is an album by The Beths called Future Me Hates Me, which came out in 2018 or 2017, something like that. But um, yeah, I was listening to it there a couple of weeks ago for the first time in a while. It's like when the, when the good weather started, it's got those nice summery indie punk power pop vibes. Oh no, man. <laughs> I hadn't listened to it a while and I was like, this is, the album is amazing. It's one of those albums where every single song is a banger. Yeah. And I, I was like halfway through and I was like oh that must be all the good tunes over by now and then like the next song I was like oh this is a great song as well. This <laughs> is really well crafted uh, like poppy rock music like kind of deceptively so where the first time you're listening you're just like oh it's a poppy so- song and then you kind of the more you listen to it you can kind of un- unpack the complexities of it. Get the nuances just as <laughs> yeah. The the reason I'm picking this one too is because when I was on their band camp that time, I noticed they have another album coming out in June or July. So now is the time to get on this band mm-hmm. who are fantastic. And by the time the new albums come out, you should be a well massive, a massive fan yeah, and be as eager for the new album as I am. So that's The Beths. They're an Australian band. The Beths. Future, he, future Me Hates Me. It's my first album recommendation. Excellent. And now for part two of the segment, where I choose an Irish track of the week or of the podcast or whatever. And this week I'm going to choose um, one by my friends, uh, Ashling and Paul Jarvis, who are working together, brother and sister, in their new group Banya, which is... (laughs) but it's the Irish for milk, but it's spelled B-A-N-Y-A-H. I'm actually going to link the tune in chat here so that me and Thomas can listen to it and I'll put it into the podcast and users can all listen to it. It's called Nothing Free. Um, they released a new, this is their first single, that came out last year. They released a new single there last week or the week before. Um, but I'm going to choose this first one just because that was my introduction and it's a It's a good weekend. but the new the new track's really good too. So check both of them out. So uh, I'm gonna give it a listen, and you can listen to it too.
4: I guess.
1: That's a very good tune. Mm. Where, are they, where are they from?
2: Um, living in Dublin, but their their mum is uh, Maui Brennan from Clanid. Oh,
4: right. Yeah.
2: So there's a Donegal connection there.
4: Yeah. Woo.
2: Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great tune. Get those summer vibes. <laughs> We're sitting inside and <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> last week
1: I was talking about Afterlife Afterlife oh yeah sorry that's uh, yeah. Ricky Gervais
2: yeah so during the week there I listened to him on Russell Brand's podcast mm. that was really good I really enjoyed that I think it was probably Better than the podcast is better than watching season two. There's <laughs> a really nice like sort of dynamic there because Russell Russell is quite like spiritual and all. And I think he does actually say he believes in God and everything, so there's that nice um I, both post,
1: kind of they're both kinda opposite side, sort of. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was really, really nice podcast. And um yeah, Russell clearly has a He's a big fan. <laughs> did
4: you did you see that there thing
1: that Russell Brand said in the Great British Bake Off? Mm, I don't know now. He like puts out like a bit of flour and he's like, Jesus, put two grams out there almost by force of habit. <laughs> Class. He's <laughs> yeah, like, It's like fucking calm down, this is a family show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's funny how he talks about that stuff, yeah. Oh man, I was listening to like an old podcast. It was it was really interesting. They had these people who like research um, psychedelics and stuff for you know like medicinal kind of purposes and stuff. Yeah, I really like the way they put it too because they they say they don't consider psychedelics in the same category as other drugs because there's psychedelics are the only thing that like if you like if you take like loads of coke or I don't know weed or alcohol your mental state will diminish after a while like it'll, yeah. it has a, a negative effect where like psychedelics can improve and like reduce anxiety and depression and all that there kind of stuff so they like saying they don't put them in the same category at all obviously you can still abuse or misuse I think is how I heard Russell Brand say it which I like it's not, yeah. it's not drug abuse it's drug misuse
1: yeah or it's just not doing it properly
2: yeah but he was talking about and that um when he's younger his friends like they gave him they were taking acid and they gave him acid and he took it now and then like i don't know half an hour or so later they were like oh we didn't actually take acid we were just joking so he was just tripping on his own
0: and i was like that's awful <laughs>
1: that's really mean
0: i isn't? know <laughs>
2: It was like kind you know, maybe in a way that was a good thing because they were just like, "All right, I'm gonna stop
1: hanging out with these dicks." <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not gonna be friends with these guys anymore. They yeah, they're just going to, I don't know, drug me. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's some whack shit. That's, that's really weird. <laughs> that's just really bizarre.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that podcast. Uh. Actually, it's another podcast. It was kind of similar in theme. It was Pete Holmes's podcast again, hmm. which. Um, I think I've probably brought up every episode of this so far.
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm a bit of a fan. Okay. I
2: actually started reading his book um, there the other day as well. I oh, might have finished. Uh, comedy, Sex, God. <laughs> <laughs> as in, they're the, th- they're the three subjects that he touches on.
1: Comedy, comma, sex, Oh, it's, it's comma. So it's comedy, comma. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I get you. Uh,
2: there's that, there isn't actually a comma on the, on the thing even. It's just like they're written in different... to kind of get the point across, but... That's um,
4: good,
2: yeah. Okay. yeah. so like pete holmes is um is he like a oh, i don't know what weird section of christianity is evangelical or something okay that's what he's brought up or and then so he had a pendulette on a podcast So i think it was an older one i was listening to but it was really good too because he's like a he's another famously atheistic celebrity or whatever yeah but uh, Pete Holmes had a had a TV, TV show and Panjollet was in like the opening episode of season two, and because he, he wanted someone to like really articulately and nicely put atheism, even though Pete Holmes is Pete Holmes now calls himself a Christ leaning spiritualist. Okay,
1: so I where think he's I can, like, I can kind of get what he means by that.
2: Yeah, he's not like really bought into the religion anymore, but he still thinks that like.
1: You can still there probably see cr- like
2: the good teachings and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, so he wanted someone in the show because in, in the show that Pete is still dealing with that kind of stuff. So he wanted someone to um, be able to put, like talk about atheism, but actually make it really seem really nice and stuff. So they had a really good talk about the show and all that there as well. Mm. But uh, there's a thing that um, Pendula talked about, like uh, agnostic versus atheist, yeah. atheistic. I mean, saying like the reason that when people, like, even, like his stance is he doesn't know that whether well, there's a God or not. And that's what agnostic means is a lack of knowledge. Mm. So technically, you would be an agnostic, agnostic, atheist. You would be both. And I suppose, and technically, anyone who does believe in God or any God or any religion. We'll, we'll, so we'll go for God at the minute, just to keep it simpler. They would technically be an agnostic theist. They don't know that there's a if there's a God or not, but they think that there is one.
1: Oh, I get what you mean. So yeah, it's like, so it depends on what set you're technically still agnostic, but is there. Yeah, two, because two separate sides. or almost
2: if, if you're being realistic, like you can say, "Oh, I know there's God. There's a God, but you don't know. You can't know."
1: Stop yeah. lying. <laughs> but then you also can't prove me wrong. Essentially,
3: yeah. that's kind of but the
2: that's not, So he was saying, like, why do you say, like, why do you say you're an atheist That people ask? And he's, he had this really nice way of putting it where he's saying, like, because I'm respecting them them enough to to answer what they're asking me. Like, if, if you ask, what do you believe in? And you say, I'm agnostic. That isn't the same question. Like, it's. He ex- he's acknowledging where they're coming from as like a Christian or whatever, and he's saying I don't believe in that. Hmm. Where if you just say oh, I don't know if there's a God or not, that he's saying that that's not the same question. So he's showing enough respect, and I quite like that uh, kind of perspective on thing.
1: I that's kind of nice. I would just yeah. still say agnostic, and I will not say either way. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm one of those, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You disrespectful piece of shit.
1: Yeah, I just don't respect anybody, particularly, <laughs> particularly whether you do or do not believe in God or gods <laughs> or not gods. Whatever Maybe.
2: way, you, whatever way you lean, I don't respect you.
1: Yeah, whatever way you lean, I'm trying to piss you off. But that's why, I, that's why I choose to be agnostic because then I can argue to somebody who's atheist and religious. I can argue to somebody religious, I'm atheist, but. It was, was actually it was pretty funny. My uh, during our just bring it back during our family quiz, one of the questions that was asked was what's like that. It was on it was on animals, and it was what was Ireland's nat- largest natural predator. And I said the Catholic Church, and my brother said Englishmen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we had uh, one of the questions: What's the largest animal on the on Earth or whatever? And I said your mum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got, got Simple him. but effective. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that, that person was shamed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there's another really interesting thing Pen uh, Gillette um, touches upon. Oh, by the way, that's um, the the magician slash comedian. If anyone doesn't know who I'm talking
1: about, oh yeah, I got that. There it took about two seconds. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, It's Pen and Teller. It's the um... Pen and Teller. Yeah, he's yeah. the one
2: that talks. Obviously, he's he's the, the, like, the, yeah, yeah. the other guy wouldn't be much good on a podcast.
1: No, not really. It's just just you'd have to watch just a video and it's him. He's, he's actually been be, he's actually him. been
2: he's actually been here the whole time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't know.
2: <laughs> he's been sitting in on this one, mm. um, but yeah, he talked about this idea of like he's it was like a kind of general optimism for like the world because he was saying like oh, you know um, everything's gone down like murders are down everything everything's actually the board's in a better place than it's ever been before. Yeah, he's talking about the reason for that is he thinks or i don't I don't think it's just his idea but it's uh, there is an idea that the reason is art art is able to su- supply people with an, a different perspective that they wouldn't have gotten before
4: mm.
2: like the fact that you can read a book and feel what it's like to be a, a woman or a or a like a someone of a different race or whatever like mm. someone who you can experience secondhand what it's like to be another person and that supplies this compassionate um people wouldn't normally or wouldn't have previously had and i thought that was a really interesting idea i think there is like truth to it like
1: yeah well it makes sense because you know if you really identify with the character in a book or like even I suppose the most well for me i'm thinking the most classic example would have been like the writings of like mark twain with like you know huckleberry finn and all yeah which was, which was him at that time we probably seen controversial but it was him taking the whole point is like in a raft journey, I suppose, that Huckleberry Finn and this escaped slave, you know, kind of sort of discover that they're, you know, we're all human sort of a thing. But the more yeah. art out there and the more art that you put out there and the more art that's like that, then the more likely that people the are more like something mm-hmm. that they like and then they identify with. And they the more with.
2: perspectives that they're being given, like it's, even just watching TV shows and stuff and movies, it's like you're, you're on, it's like reminding you that you're not the only person and you're, there's other perspectives and stuff like that was one of the things he brought up it's like good people like years ago like you could just say to uh, like a like a a white man in america and he would just like have no understanding or concept that like a black person was even human and now that's like less common probably because you can experience
1: yeah and it's but it's also even like the the representation on like tv or then obviously in like workforce isn't around it just makes more sense but as you're saying it's more perspectives but i what i was going to say is like because there's more perspectives that like so you've you know that's the whole thing you know you throw enough shit at the wall some of it's going to stick so if you just keep giving people more and more perspective essentially people are, eventually people are going to latch onto to his perpe- a perspective that is not theirs and then when you watch onto a different perspective of even one and that leads to two and three and four and yeah right. it's
2: just the fact that like it's it's almost it's like
1: yeah just causing
2: empathy by reminding you that pff, it's not just you yeah
1: yeah exactly wait it's not <laughs> it's
2: like uh, instead of like read a book man it's like
1: watch a movie man go fucking just, go watch go, a tv show fuck's sake go get- watch some youtube <sighs> <laughs> get enlightened man go sit in a dark room by yourself <laughs> but like right, yeah i'd say that's true I, I do find it i do find it interesting with this pandemic people's perspectives because technically we're all in a way in the same perspective you know what i mean we're all grounded in, yeah. in one way like that and it's just it's kind of interesting because of like obviously now murders and all have to be done unfortunately you know there was almost like world peace for like 90 days but that fell through <laughs> did you hear about that
2: no um the
1: un so. the un took a vote to like cease fire on every single war and fighting front in the entire world and every single country signed up for it except america donald trump said no to any wars oh
2: i do time. remember i do remember hearing something about that yeah
1: but like at the same time i still think although that's kind of shit it's still quite positive with seeing that like countries are up for it and like well because of like because we all have to come because we all have to come together for this pandemic because it affects yeah. all of us and it's not like an enemy like you can fucking shoot on a battlefield so it's literally yeah. something that could kill like it's literally nothing that we can so it's something we have to work together to fight but then on the other hand yeah. we're all we're all stuck inside and we're all doing this that we're all yeah that's that,
2: that's one of the things i like about it in a way it's like it's like a reminder of your place in the world it's like mm. it's like we think we're so important and all and then there's this invisible force that we is killing us and stuff
1: yeah <laughs> we have to and, fight again.
2: and it and there's it affects every single person and we're all just the same and
1: and no matter what Denomination you are, or like, or no matter what religion or color or creed, yeah. all, if they say you're, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like,
4: doesn't, you know, so like,
2: doesn't matter. Just wise up and yeah,
4: stay, stay inside. inside, man.
1: Yeah, listen to this podcast. Yeah, ask us questions. Maybe I don't know what are, what are people doing podcasts. <laughs>
2: That's actually something I realized. Um. um Now you brought that up there's a way that people can leave us voice messages (laughs) oh really so i might look into that for um if you check the description of this podcast i'll put the link in and you can leave us voice messages and if we like them enough we'll put them on the next episode
1: yeah that sounds good we'll give we'll give you a shout out shout out to my boy (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's something that's actually something i was thinking about it was like we might as well have it open and i'd like to see if like anybody talks back to us and see what the crack is
2: yeah so if you if you want to hear the sound of your own voice which is the same reason that we started this podcast (laughs) then send it in send us in a voice message and uh, if it's coherent enough you'll we'll put
1: it in (laughs) yeah and if it's incoherent we'll probably put it in anyway and then ask you to repeat yourself
2: (laughs) if it's embarrassingly (laughs) incoherent we'll put it in (laughs) um yeah ask us a question or just say something funny
1: or whatever you want just fart down mm. a microphone whatever yeah we'll we'll put that in and it will be fine yeah well, that's <laughs> definitely going in if we get one of them that's that will we will we start making it you know like was like crazy radio shows in america and we'll just like use it it's like oh bad joke and it's just the the fart noise
3: Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome to morning radio yeah isn't that in fucking it's always sunny you know, D starts messing with the noises and, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Oh, he loves
2: it. <laughs> and, um. Oh, yeah. no, oh, is it like, uh. Is it, is it Frank now? Does he start playing? I can't remember. I know he starts <laughs> recording them or something.
1: Yeah, I think he starts recording them and then he invites in Cricket. Yeah. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. And then I don't Cricket know. keeps eating lemons or something. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's right. He keeps eating lemons.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I was thinking of a Parks and Rec too, the. Uh, What are the the really awful radio presenters? Something in the douche?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Something in the douche. Uh.
2: I can't remember. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, they're so
1: obnoxious.
2: (laughs) Anyway. Will we go down this wormhole of uh, simulation theory?
1: Oh, yeah. So anyway, for anyone who's listening, that we're going to be talking about simulation theory or why... We are definitely in a simulation from everything I've been reading about it.
2: <laughs> or from my point of view, why we are not. Here we go, <laughs> now we're disagreeing with each other.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this I is good know. radio. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man, it freaked me out of me. Well, first of all, I think you should know, Philip K. Dick was really big into this, and I don't know if you listened, did you listen to his, he did like a short speech at like a sci-fi convention, I think for probably when he was uh, producing, what was it, man and High Castle, because it was like the one Hugo Award, I think the year eleven but um, he was saying that how like he thinks that his stance is not unique. It's just that it's unique that he talks about it and how he, he believed that we were definitely living in a simulated reality.
2: Well, I just want to, before we get into that, I just want to kind of reiterate last week what we were chatting about oh, for yeah, a bit sorry. of context. Because we were talking about the like, multi-world theory and the simulation theory is kind of tied to like quantum mechanics and a lot of those theories. And then specifically even the, when we got onto the false memories and the, and that kind of stuff that one of the ideas in that is we're living in simulation and someone deleted a piece of information. That's why we have this collective memory. Mm
3: -hmm. And, um, that was
4: the Mandela
2: effect. Yeah. The Mandela effect. That's like, people think that's simulation. So, um, yeah, we kind of set the rough groundwork last week, and now we're gonna really go down the rabbit hole. Mm. So, okay, um, D- Dick, he he thinks that this is a simulation.
4: Yeah, he
1: did. Um, which I would definitely believe that he probably definitely did. And yeah, said, what, what was that said, one? He said that déjà vu was kind of like like proof of it, but déjà vu was like a symptom of it. Oh, uh, like, yeah. I know it could be like somebody like to say updating the code or with a bug or something like that. And then it was just the way that Elon Musk put it as well. It was like you know, about the ancestor simulations, and eventually we could get to a yeah. that's advanced enough to create a simulation of our ancestors. But then we could get so advanced enough that those ancestor simulations could create simulations of their ancestors. So then that leads to yeah. the possibility of billions upon billions of simulations of even one ancestor does it and then that simulation creates one simulation and then that simulation yeah, uh,
2: there's uh yeah it, that that's where it gets a bit mad but that's also where i don't think it makes sense which i'll um i can get into
1: yeah well i was gonna say we could probably go through like each hypothesis there's three well there's kind of four there's like a fourth one sort of added on and then like the first something's like the fraction of human level civilizations that reach a post-human stage uh, there's one capable of running a high field fealty or fidelity answer mission is very close to zero or one it's very close to zero but it's not quite zero um
2: yeah there's a lot of shit in this i actually listened to a couple of podcasts and i think there's a couple i think i managed a couple of points that i didn't see come up in those so hopefully There'll be a lot of us repeating information, I'm sure, but hopefully we'll come up with a few of our own ideas on this as well. I'm wondering how far back did you go in this thing? Uh, what do you mean, how far back? Like, where did you? Where was your origin point?
1: Origin point is probably Bostrom, I suppose. He was the main guy. Do you mean like to get a start at it? Started?
2: Well, for well, I mean, I went back to. Um, 15 or the nine or
3: the 1600s oh really
2: <laughs> yeah i was looking into descartes
1: oh yeah descartes
2: do you know the french He's called the father of modern philosophy made fam- famous for i think therefore i am yeah but he had this whole idea of basically being in a simulation as he said it was in a dream did you come across this at all
1: no i didn't know that so he was back then but he didn't know what well back then they didn't have simulations so yeah he, he right
2: had he right. had different ideas i actually mm-hmm. found out too he was born on the 31st of march which is my birthday
4: yeah happy day of, which is <laughs> which, which I is was why like, i was, I was like all
2: right that's a random piece of information that i wasn't yeah. expecting this was is like on his wikipedia it's my birthday yeah. anyway so his whole thing was he wanted to seek truth via doubt so if you, it's like, if you doubted everything, you'd eventually boil everything down to the truth. Um, and he reached this idea of, I think therefore I am as, cause he kept questioning reality. Cause he, he realized you couldn't, you can't trust your senses. And like mm. one example is that if you put a, if you put a straight uh, rod into a piece of water, your eyes tell you that that rod's bent from refraction but your feet you're feeling and your hand and it tells you that it's straight therefore one of your senses is wrong so he basically said i can't trust any of my senses but i can realize that i am thinking about whether i exist or not therefore i do exist that was that was the fundamental sort of what he could boil everything down to
1: i've got some other things written down here see if i can um Unfortunately, because I was listening to a lot of my stuff in the car, that I am not able to write down anything. But <laughs>
2: still. yeah, I did. I did a lot of mine walking around, and then I kind of ran, started
1: <laughs> so listening a bit at work. I did find it interesting going into it a bit more because it was kind of like I don't know, just the hypotheses and stuff that were coming up. I was kind of like, well, it's a bit more believable than I once thought it was. Once I started like going into the trilemmas.
4: it's cold. Oh. Uh, oh, what, am I too boring?
1: I'll just go on to say, because I don't know if Descartes says it, but I suppose it's for people uh, listening. That's go, uh, go ahead, there. I was going to say, because, well, in this year, like, they always talk about post-human civilizations, and just so, for people wondering, like, the post-human civilization is essentially just supposed to be what's us, but next, obviously, post, but that yeah. could mean anything, but it really, it usually generally means in terms of for for this it's obviously having like realistic lifelike simulations, but it also could mean like space, if we were became a space faring species, we'd then be post-human. Or so it could be
2: it could be a completely different alien species.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's human like, but that's more advanced than us.
2: Yeah. So um Yeah, Descartes kinda had a he was like slightly related to the Stoics too, it seems, or he kinda based off on on top of their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So he, um, like one of the stoic virtues of um, self-control, he kind of went a bit, like they kind of had that, or moderation or temperance, you know, it's like um, not indulging in all your passions all the time, but he, I think was the first one to go into like uh, understanding your passions and um, realizing where they come from and all, and then by having, then you can control them. So it was just a bit I thought that was interesting that he just kind of. He came from that same school of thought, I think, but just uh, pioneered a lot of other things. So, anyway, his um, his version of the simulation was uh, the evil demon or the malicious demon or the evil genius, mm. which is like he think he he the possibility that he's in a dream that's being controlled by a a, de- a demon. So I, I have a quote of it here. So it's like um, I think this was his sort of su- summary. I shall think that the sky, the air, the earth, colors, shapes, sounds, and all external things are merely the delusions of dreams which he, has de- which he has devised to ensnare my judgment. I shall consider myself as not having hands or eyes or flesh or blood or senses, but falsely believing that I have all these things. So basically he can't believe, he can't trust any of those beliefs that he has. And another one of his big things was all the great problems, all the great philosophical problems can all be solved by uh, solitude and inward reflection. Mm -hmm. So he was all about the inner mind. There's a story of him, like, he he couldn't work something out, and he was, like, he was in this hut or something, and it was really cold winter, and he crawled inside the furnace and just, like, sat in there and meditated. (laughs) 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 And there was, like, some story of, like, friends came around to, um, Visit him one day and it was like it was like eleven o'clock or whatever and they were shocked to find he was still in bed and they were like, What are you doing? He was just like,
1: just thinking. <laughs> so that's what he did last time, just
2: Yeah. That was uh interesting though. That was interesting. So yeah, that was his kinda he didn't say um simulation, he said dream, but it was this, it's the same idea that you can't trust what's going on. And then there's um the next step and that seemed to be in nineteen sixty eight with the the braino cap, which is this thing that like you put a cap on and it it can cause you to hallucinate, which isn't quite at the simulation, but it gets there because, um, you know, you're aware you're hallucinating because you chose to put the hat on. But then where it gets complicated is then if there was someone, if someone malicious was in control of it, then they could make you hallucinate your surroundings. So then you would start to think that what you were seeing was real. So there could, there is a little bit of, playing with you there
1: yeah or somebody could hallucinate that you took off the hat whenever you still have it on i would imagine something like
2: that yeah there's like it, it's kind of it's almost the same again it's like it's like a an evil presence that's fucking with you basically yeah and then there is the uh, the next one uh brain in a vat
4: oh yeah no, the uh, brain in,
1: in the vat which is that if it had enough stimulation and it was still alive then isn't isn't that it? It's like if you had it's the like, brain. Yeah,
2: they it's like they keep it alive and hooked it up to a computer and they used uh, you can use like elus- or electrical impulses and all to to make okay. you hallucinate everything. So mm. it's like it's like in that way it's like simulation. It's like oh we could just be heads in, in jars in a, in a lab somewhere. Yeah, with given uh,
1: electronic stimulation so you can yeah. feel things and see things and smell things. Because at the end of the day it's
4: all electrical signals. Yeah. So that seems to be the the, um, so that would be, would the preamble to all
2: of
1: yeah that'd the, be like the, kind a of precursor because then it's like from a brain in a jar to like now we have 3D simulations and,
2: yeah, then, we have, we, and
1: then we jump forward to
2: 2003 wasn't it that uh, Nick Barstrom came up with his
4: yeah
1: his, I think it was 2003 it's still going I'm pretty sure he's still alive yeah I think so
4: yeah think he's young enough
1: no it was 2003 yeah um, yeah, you know, i listened listen to Elon Musk talk about it, I think. Or, read. so I read Elon Musk talk about it, I read a lot about Philip K. Dick talking about it, but that's like untrustworthy. Like, but <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> um, well, I have I have Barstrom's three things, mm. just like he, he basically said, there's three possible outcomes. Mm. He said, first one is humans will go extinct before they're able to make simulator, simulations that are indistinguishable from reality, mm. second that future humans that are advanced enough to make super simulators will just choose not to create them. Yeah. Or three, we're living in a computer simulation.
1: Well, there's actually technically a fourth one that I think was only, I don't know if he actually added it or somebody else added, and that was that if we are the base level as in, even though it's unlikely, so if you take it i I believe that there's other... Well, uh, I think that's kind of,
2: I think that's part of the third one, because the third one basically means that um if we're living in a timeline where, in the future, humans make these simulations, then by the laws of probability, we are already in it. But that means there is a slight chance that we are the one that creates the first simulation too.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's so that that's almost like
2: three, three, subsection B. <laughs> yes. but it but could I, be I, the baseline. No, there was
4: a, mem- oh, sorry. sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah,
1: go on. I, I was just heard that as the fourth because I take it that there's other. But you see, I just don't believe the fourth, or or we could take a three subset B because I do believe that there's other things out there. Just I think that we are proof that there would be, but I just for some reason don't believe that we'd be the base level, and I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's uh, it's kind of (laughs) arrogance.
3: Yeah,
1: Uh, just also, but But the classified UFO videos now. So what can we say?
2: (laughs) The point, the point of the third one is that uh, you touched on it earlier when you're saying that, like. and makes a simulation, so a lot of this can be explained. Like you might think it's like, like, um oh sure, we don't have this technology now, but we're dealing with the fact. So, in the first, for the first thing, it says humans go extinct before they have that technology. Mm-hmm. So that means in this, in the other ones, that we're dealing with an infinite timeline. It could be two billion years in the future of constant technological growth so there is no limit to the technology so forget about that yeah and then if you think about like a a simulation as a game so one person it just takes one person to make a simulation that was like another thing it's like if one one person in the future history of the world makes one simulation then that makes this whole argument a possibility and yeah. The chances are, if one person does it, then more than one person will do it. And also, that one person has to just has to make more than one copy of that thing. Like there was a video. I was, was talking. Oh, I was talking. I was, I was talking to.
1: <laughs> I was talking to a video I that
2: you could hear me because it was a simulation. Or maybe it was talking to me. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm delirious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like they said that. Say if. Um, someone simulates meeting you last week, then that already makes it a 50-50 chance that you are the simulation or not. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that automatically just goes up. That probability gets higher every time you make a new copy. If you yeah. think about a game like Gear, or GTA Five, which is like one of the biggest selling games ever, that means every one of those games is its own individual simulation, which means the chances go up massively and then if you if it's uh if it's an ancestor simulation so like they'll make a simulation of a certain year or whatever that means there's a new game for every year which means it goes up again and again and again so it's just as huge so basically means there's like percent chance that you are not in a simulation in that third
1: um outcome mm. Have I summarised that? I think so. I was going to say, when you're picking a game, you probably should have picked The Sims. But, uh...
2: Well, I was just going for, <laughs> for, for sales, but yeah, I was, I, I was actually going to go on to that too, because The yeah. Sims, like if you think about The Sims... With what every, is now,
1: what could it be, essentially? I I think every,
2: always... every person who opens up a, a copy of The Sims is its own simulated little world. Yeah. Albeit a lot simpler, but that's, yeah, again, that's a good way of thinking. Of it. It's like each one of them are it's the same code and the same thing, but it's all, they're all on different computers and they're all, so it's like a massive thing. Well,
1: I was going to say, because there's this guy, it's a James Gate. I think it's James Gate. Hold on, let me make sure. Um, No, is it? No, he was a physicist, but he's a physicist for... It wasn't Harvard, but it was another one of those big things. What is his name? This is bothering me. No, actually. It, but basically, he said that by analyzing molecules in the blood and st- other things on Earth, he reckons he's discovered what could be considered computer code within our human bodies. And it's called he, DNA, right? <laughs> No, but it's more than that. You see, that's why I, I see this is why I wish I hadn't been able to write stuff down when I was listening to it. But he's the way he describes it is incredibly intense. Hmm, hold on, I'm not doing too well here on this. Can find out. I'm gonna have to find this up for another time. That's really bothering me because I did actually have his name and I, I can't remember his name. But he reckons that he finds somewhere in nature the possibility of computer code of zeros and ones. um living in our body. Now obviously this is very out
2: there. Um, yeah there was, a, there was something like that I found too where like, um, physicists and stuff were trying to think like um, basically this idea if we zoom in close enough to like the, the, the smallest parts of the universe we'll eventually be able to see the blurry pixels of the simulation. Yeah. But right now the smallest measurement we can make is the Planck's, Planck lens? Is that what it's called? Hmm. Planck
4: Probably
1: something
2: like that? Yeah, I think that's, that's what it's fast. called. So I'm yeah, fast, I
1: imagine
2: yeah. Um, so like that, they're kind of doing the same thing, and like there, there are. I think there are some scientists who think that like if we are in a simulation, that will account for some of the weird things we can't explain. Yeah. Like there was some, there was some specific thing they said. It's like, oh well, maybe that's just a rounding error in, in the simulation. Like <laughs> it's like someone <laughs> did the math wrong, and that's yeah. why we can't. That's why we can't understand these things.
1: Like, I like that idea. I like that there idea. I do like, I do find it a very interesting theory because they're just it's because it's not actually outside the realm of possibility. And as our technology and everything increases, it becomes more and more possible, as you were discussing earlier. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: actually, ended up on a a bit of a tangent, which I'm going to try and uh bring right. right. I just put a whole
1: pile of, whole pile of dead air there trying to remember a guy's name that i couldn't remember so <laughs>
2: um, is there anything else any other points did you wanted to make because i've got a bit of a this could go on a bit as i try Do to I, well, as i try well, to express this in a, a cohesive way
1: <laughs> fair enough well i just wanted to say because i remember hearing this before, or reading it before and i always thought it was interesting it's like even if it does end up that we're living in computer simulation and like that at the end of the day uh, we kind of just have to get on with it, and it doesn't really change anything for us personally. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> even though you could have, even though you could have an existential crisis about this.
2: Yeah, um, well, I think we should leave our, uh, our our conclusions to the end to see. Um, well, you said that you think we're in a simulation. I said I don't think we are. So, we'll, get, we'll uh, it's, see. It's, it's we'll see if practical. anything changes at the end, and we'll get our our final thoughts. I think that's fair enough. So, anyway, I ended up on this slight tangent about creating um creating universes in a lab Mm. (laughs) so um basically started with this have you ever heard of monopoles Uh, no so they're they're theoretical elementary particles which only have one pole so if you think about like a bar magnet There's a north and a south pole, but if you cut that in half, you don't just have one north and one south, you've got two smaller bar magnets that both have a north and south pole. Yeah. So, they have artificially made, I think they call them quasi-particles, that have this
4: characteristic
2: that only has a north or south pole. So they think that they have the potential to exist naturally. But they haven't found any yet. Apparently, they've like searched on the moon and like asteroids, and they just like any space debris. They they look for these theoretical um, monopoles, and they've also checked in the Large Hadron Collider to see if anyone any of them have accidentally been um, created during their experimentation with that.
3: Mm.
2: And uh, there's another thing called the squid, which is a superconducting quantum interface device, interference device which is supposed to be able to, like, catch one as it passes through the universe or something like that. So anyway, <laughs> then the theory is then that you can collide these monopoles and create a baby universe.
1: Okay, so, like, essentially that there's what could have started the Big Bang.
2: Yeah, that it is actually a creation, or is creation theory the right word? That sounds religious, but yes, <laughs> <I laughs> guess that's the right word. Creation <laughs> theory, uh, so the thing about the wild thing about this baby universe is it would rend space time, so it would be separate from our universe completely, and exist outside of our universe.
1: Okay, so yeah. even if even if you were to create it, it doesn't mean that we it would wouldn't be it? a
2: part of our world at all because it what? would it wouldn't be it wouldn't be connected to our space time in any way, and could actually yeah. cause uh, tunneling and wormholes. And it actually could like be a fully sized universe that we create and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the theory is that like, if it does create, that actually just means that the universe is created and then the reaction has finished and the wormholes is closed and we have actually created a universe somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, but like I said, the theory is that, um, that, um, it creates a separate universe and like or maybe and also maybe that that's how our universe is created by someone in a lab but then i was thinking maybe it does actually maybe that's the natural like uh loop because i brought it before the eternal reoccurrence that the universe is just always going in a in a circle oh yeah so i was like maybe the um maybe at some point humans Create a universe that destroys their own but also creates their own again, and then they yeah. all just go through that same thing over and over again, and, and the whole universe just goes on and on. The same things happen the same way all the time.
1: So, sort of like, so, and that would be due to the monopoles. I get what you mean, yeah. So, it's like we destroy our own universe and then and,
2: it, and also create our own universe. I
1: don't know why that reminds me because whenever they're doing the Hadrian Collider and they were doing an experiment on it, I always thought it was interesting. Stephen Hawking said they were doing something, and it was like like less than a billionth of a chance of creating a black hole to destroy the earth and Stephen, <laughs> Hawking, Stephen Hawking said something like even if it's like one billionth of a chance I don't think that's a risk we should take <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's weird I was actually thinking about that like it like science almost has its own um like almost sentient like it's like it doesn't matter if we could con- destroy everything, science demands that we keep searching for answers no matter what the <laughs> risk.
1: Oh well there's still ethics.
2: <laughs> no I know that but it's almost <laughs> like it's, 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 a, it's almost like no one chooses, it's like well are we going to learn something? It's like I just bloody do it then, it's it's almost like it's got its own driving force.
1: <laughs> yeah where it's just, yeah we're just just defined, but it's because yeah. they, right, they say that they're thing you know every answer leaves you just more questions and that you'll never actually <laughs> find an answer because you'll never will find an answer to everything obviously but but um, that's, that's
2: but yeah, very yeah. interesting. I just I've never heard them Yeah, it's I hadn't heard about them heard until this thing. But uh, yeah, I just I want to bring up eternal recurrence again because I actually really like that idea because I think it just you, you could kind of think that it uh, makes everything insignificant, but I actually think it just makes everything extremely significant because it just means everything that happens, like every like that means every little insignificant thing is this has to happen that way for all the joy or sadness or anything good or bad that happens in your life forever and ever which i think is weirdly profound and
1: And it's nice and it's it's a nice idea because it's also but it's like what's interesting about like these ideas is that it's really that it's probably obviously i wouldn't be able to do the math or anything but like it's probably just as likely as any other if you know what i mean it's just as likely as it could be psychical, as it could go on forever, as it could be, I don't know, I don't know what other, apart from it being a cycle, or it not being a cycle, I don't know what else it could be. (laughs) 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 But, you know, it's just as likely, but I kind of like that idea too, it's interesting. It actually actually makes me think of, you know, I'm sure you've seen like, the very last episode of Futurama, like the very, very last, meanwhile, it just makes me think of that.
4: Yeah, yeah. I suppose I actually
2: watched a really good, uh, video during the week by Entertain the Elk. He does like a series called uh, the day whatever episode, whatever st- series died, like the day the office died. You know, I watched just, that
4: this week as well and i would never watched it
2: before. The Futurama, Futurama. On, oh,
4: Yeah,
1: on Meanwhile, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Really, really good. Not really good. the ending, but uh, go watch it if you're a fan of Futurama.
1: Because, well, one thing I'll just, I think that they can say is, cause like I love Futurama, that's what got me to yeah. chemo. but like in the last couple of seasons, there are some good episodes, but there's some not great yeah. episodes that finale is fantastic and it's i think it's i think it's really well done and it just lived up to the hype (laughs) but um anyway yeah but i i do like that idea of a repeating galaxy but i would i would find it interesting if like because i do always find stuff like this interesting if you could do like the galaxies would repeat but say one insignificant thing was to change yeah what would that then create? Because I do like all that, the whole kind of string theory, chaos theory, the idea yeah. of all that, and like how something so little can affect so much. Such as one bat, and one
3: bat
2: in the world. That bat didn't exist.
4: Yeah.
2: I'd be still be sitting in my room. Yeah. I <laughs> actually probably wouldn't be chatting to you, so.
4: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the <laughs>
1: pandemic made us podcast. You think about yeah. Yeah, good thing out of it.
2: So I'm going to try and tie that kind of thing I was talking to back to the simulation because it's, so basically one of the problems that I came up with is that you would need a computer with infinite processing and power to run a simulation. Because if you well, run a simulation, then that simulation can run a simulation, then that simulation can run a simulation and not just one, it's an, expo- it's an exponential thing that would just like become,
1: but you see, this is the argument that can go against that: is that you're thinking about everything in terms of modern human computing power and capacity. And but, how, what,
2: but I'm not. I'm saying. I'm saying a computer would need infinite processing and infinite energy.
1: But not necessarily, because if you take something that is post-human, if you take something that could, like they could, they could maybe discover something. You know what I mean? Because if you're taking it in a way that a world could be a simulation, then why could there not also be a world where there is technically a computer with some possibly infinite computing power? Do you know what I I mean?
2: I just don't see how infinite computing power could happen.
1: Well, I don't even mean infinite computing because you might not need it. But it is,
2: right, if you think about, even if you think about simulating this world right now, like I I ended up up using Minecraft as an example. (laughs) It's like, if you think, okay, this, we're in a computer right now and it's processing everything is happening. It's also never shut down for how many years. Um, it's, it's uh, rendering every little thing that's happening everywhere. It's also rendering everything that's happening on my computer right now. So if I open up Minecraft, then that's another world inside this computer which the other yeah. computer has to re- render. And in Minecraft, you can make computers in Minecraft. So it's like, know, yeah. that's, another, that's another layer. And yeah. I looked up the numbers. There's almost 200 million copies of Minecraft sold. And then I also found out another thing. There's something called Minecraft China, which is a free-to-play game that also has another 300 million players. So 500 million instances of Minecraft all been run <laughs> on one computer, plus everything else that's going on in the world, plus all the other games that have been run in the world, all the other, some, like even even at that level I'm pretty sure we're already approaching infinity and then if you add one simulation being run inside that and then so if
4: our future
2: ancestors make if your future's ancestors make the simulation then that means there's like hundreds and hundreds of millions of simulations being run inside a, another simulation and then you can argue that the simulations go the whole way up because if if we are descendants or if our descendants make the simulation, then why wouldn't the people that made that simulation already be a simulation? So you're in an infinite loop of processing and like Yeah.
3: That's kind of we goes. could have
2: planet sized computers, but still I know why? But like this.
1: That's, <laughs> that's one of the things is like, like That's one of the things that they recognize because you can't can't argue it because you you might not even be able to fathom the technology that could be possible. As you're saying, if this was to go on in like, what, a million or a billion years, God knows what could be possible, particularly with computing power. And think there's also, as everything gets made and eventually becomes smaller and more and more refined, take the first five, the first like five megabytes that were ever like stored electronically was the size of like a fridge. And yeah now,
2: there's that thing too it's like the the first super the first computer and or whatever it was it's like our phone can do like way more um, oh yeah our
1: phone has more processing power and memory and everything in the computer yeah
2: so it's a and like, that's, only, that's only been like 40 years or something
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the idea that like because because that's kind of the problem is because even like no, even though say you can imagine in the future you can go as wild as you want, but there's still even a limit to what we could possibly fathom that could be possible in the future. Because even though, but
4: it still the,
2: it still adheres to the the rules. What do you mean? Sorry. Like it's still infinite processing, which is mad. Like there can't be infinite processing. Even our sun can't <laughs> burn for infinity. Like but then again like that but it might not be infinite but surely it would have to be if it's this if it's exponential growth
4: yeah but it's exponential growth but it um hmm. i mean Let's there's
2: see. no upper limit like
1: well then i'm just gonna have to keep uh add non-processors but you see, <laughs> but you see the thing
4: just
1: is <laughs> they say that there's no um upper limit but there could be because if we are living in a simulation what we might see as an upper limit might not be the upper limit so that was an interesting thing as well because well, one of the ideas i was listening to about they were saying that like because then this made me think of the hitchhiker's Guide to the galaxy actually i mean you just mentioned planet-sized computers but it was that like, the idea that maybe if we were to discover that we were in a simulation that that would be the end of the program
2: well, that's I, like, isn't there a religious argument like that too? If we like discover, if we actually discover God, then it'll be the end of everything or
1: something? Yeah, I think that's definitely, that might be in Christian. In- but I was thinking, you know what? The started of Hitchhiker's Gate to the Galaxy, you know, the so whole. there's a theory that if you discover how the universe like began or how the universe was created, that the universe will reshape and reform so that this event never happened. And then like mm. the second page is like, there was another theory that this has already happened. Mm. But like I know that's just humor. But like that's I don't know. Like I could I could see it. I'm not saying I fully conclusively believe. I'm just saying yeah. that it's a lot more believable to me now that we could actually be in simulation <laughs> than I ever thought. So I freaked out. That I didn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm sorry to go back. I was going to try and tie that to the creating our universe inside this universe. I was thinking maybe we are in a simulation, and that's why we are unable to create these universes because that is a limit.
1: Yeah, because then that would mean that we would be able to actually have the... One of of the rules
2: of this simulation is that we cannot create universes inside it because that would cause too much processing power. So the fact that we can't create a universe is proof that we're in a simulation. But then on the same note, if we do eventually produce a simulation that's powerful enough, then that's also proof that we're in a simulation because, like I said already, if we're in a simulation, then it's we should assume that we are if we can make a simulation then we should probably assume that someone yeah, else one. is simulating us.
1: Yeah and then the only way like that's another one is that yet again saying that if we were the base level then that could be the only way that we are not in the simulation technically but at the same time how would we know because as you're saying if it's possible for us to do it then it's possible for somebody to have done it to us. Yeah
2: it's that it goes back to that thing about like the, the probability
1: it's, there um, was some
2: quote that I heard at some point, I didn't get who said it or anything or I'm, and I'm probably going to butcher it but it's basically along the lines of if you believe that in the future we can make a simulation then you have no right to believe that we're not in it.
4: Yeah. That, so sounds, like, that
1: sounds like that it'd be Elon Musk but I wouldn't say that, don't, show I don't exactly. know if it was him, no. He said, he put, I don't know if he, it would have been exactly because he says stuff along those lines but yeah. yeah not exactly if you believe that in the future they can do it then why wouldn't we be in it
4: yeah um,
1: so
2: uh there was one interesting potential uh, uh proof that we aren't in a simulation that i heard no. uh, came across this thing called the quantum hall effect have you heard of that no. what was that sorry i said no sorry <laughs> uh so it's this I I heard it on the podcast, and then I looked it up after and found a different article. So they seem to be a slight uh, in slight disagreement with each other. But I'll I'll re- read out what I have here. It's basically it's it's this theory to do with um strong magnetic fields at very low temperatures, and when you do the simulation, they found out that by like if you add one particle to the simulation. Then the processing power doubles.
4: Okay.
2: The computing power doubles, so it's yeah. an exponential growth instead of linear growth. And then they calculated that just after doing a few hundred times, then the calculating power requires more atoms than are in the universe.
1: Oh, I get what you mean, yeah. So, then so it's like
2: would... it's like the, the elect because like every all the process, all like computing uses electrons traveling along wires and everything so then the complication becomes so complicated that we would need the electrons that are in everything in the universe to actually make it so it's like that was an idea of a proof that it um it might not be yeah but I, that one actually doesn't hold up for me to be honest
1: but you see that's you see, it's like it's such a cop for me to say but then the only, the only, the 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 kind of annoying thing about like taking the stance of it being a simulation is all you, well not all you, but you can just say back that if we, in the future, if we become post-human because you just don't know what the technology is like, which I know is a wild cop out. Well, no, that's say- it,
2: that's it, like, like that's why that one doesn't really hold up and we've already got like quantum computers that don't use electrons, so it's like we've yes. already made leaps and bounds, but yeah that one doesn't, that one actually doesn't hold up for me i just thought it was interesting it's still quite I, interesting i just in thought that that fact was kind of wild but yeah like like you said already it's like we you have to think that like we're dealing with an infinite timeline as well that like we don't know we're well, cyclical
1: but we don't know the end yet
2: <laughs> but like if because one of go, we go back to the three outcomes the first one is that we we uh go extinct before we have the power so the other two mean that we haven't gone extinct which means we're dealing with infinity we'll get there at some point basically it could be billions of years just, so we'll, by that stage, we'll have computers that can do that calculation, no bother.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, but that's the thing is it's so hard because if you're dealing with anything futuristic, it's like, yeah. you, don't, you don't really know what's going to be like in a thousand years. <laughs> well, hopefully I'll find out 50 somehow. 50 years. <laughs> 50 years, I don't know what it's going to be like next year, but <laughs> none of us expected this pandemic, so like, you really don't. Yeah. Gonna- <laughs> Um, I want to say it's a side note that I did find funny. I remember reading before that somebody in like Sims Three or something did make like four of their Sims computer programmers and like maxed out their intelligence, and they discovered that they were in a computer program and they all had nervous breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's I bad. think, I think that's just a computer programmer for the game yeah. having having a lot of fun. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he was like
2: or dealing with his own breakdown.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he discovered it. Um, one of the things i would like one of the things that reasons i don't think we're in a simulation is because why would they simulate everything we already know that you don't have to simulate everything to make a simulator like if you make a a a simulation of the planets you don't simulate all the
4: life on the planet you just simulate the physics needed Mm. but then like unless you wanted to do it once to show that you could
1: at least if you know what i mean
4: I just, just like, but like, that is so,
1: like
2: but like right imagine the programming and the energy required to do that as well
3: mm-hmm.
2: like uh like if like if you think about old computer games like the way they would program a mirror instead of actually programming the reflection they would just make a yeah, second another room, room you, yeah
1: <laughs> I know. yeah make a second room and just have you like uh have the character on the other side or just even the fact that see of power that whenever, like, the only thing that's rendered in a game in general is what you're looking at. Yeah. But if you, you know, everything that you can't see is not rendered, it's not like the whole world is actually there all the time. Yeah. I did yeah, find that's fun- another thing.
2: And it's also like, why would you program in your NPCs to have anxiety?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have anxiety <laughs> and you want to. Do it. <laughs> I didn't that find was
2: actually uh you reminded me of uh oh I meant to look up a book for you that I heard mentioned maybe I can find it um or maybe if I tell you this description that'll be enough <laughs> there is like um I think this was the book actually I'm, I'm trying to remember if I'm getting two different things mixed up I think there was a book anyway where um oh no that one of the ideas was what if uh what if an if we make an AI at some point and the AI gets angry that we didn't make it sooner and then it ends up making its own simulated world that and copies all of us into it and then punishes us? <laughs> <laughs> but there is a book called like surface surface something. Some surface.
4: Mm.
2: And it's um it's a world where um there's like simulated hell and stuff. People get punished and put into simulated different layers of simulated hell, and all, and then like the people start um, rebelling that are in these like hells to because they think it's unethical and all. Does that sound familiar?
4: No, I don't know It's. It, I must it, try. And,
2: I, I must try and find that again because I meant to look it up, but I forgot all about it because it just seemed like something that you'd be into.
1: Yeah, it sounds pretty good. It reminds me of a uh, read restricted fantasies, which was like a bunch of short stories, but there was like an interesting story in that where it was like you go to prison, but if you go to prison, you can spend like, it's all simulation, it's all like in your head, so you can spend like, you know, you can get years of like 700 years, a thousand years, but it's only a minute real time. Yeah. But, but it was really interesting because it's like, a guy kind of figures out how to escape and it's by like, breaking it out, but you have to like, use somebody else, but they can't know you're, skipping. but it was very good, but it reminded me of that, but it's kind of like rebelling in these restricted fantasies and a lot of them were to do with simulations and one of them was like, to do with like, Couples going away on like couples counseling or for like a weekend away, but they both go on, they both go with simulated versions of themselves so they can do what they uh, want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so one of them goes off, you know, drinking and partying while the other one wants, you know, quiet night in with yeah. a bit of romance and all that, you know. <laughs> but,
2: um, yeah, that story reminded me of that, uh, story I was working on, remember? The, uh... I was trying to, is like trying to work out what kind of, like, if we were, well, My idea was like, what if this is a simulation and then when you die, you wake
1: up in the real world? And it's like, it's almost like a test?
2: Yeah. So I was like, and I was trying to work out what kind of society would make that test. And Mm. then I realized that it could only be like a hyper advanced capitalist society and you actually wouldn't be rewarded for good things. You'd be rewarded for doing things that like, you know, you company
1: made money in life you yeah. succeeded in life financially you've, it'd
2: you've... have to be if you're running simulations for everyone then you'd have to be a company with loads of money so obviously yeah. that's what you're going to be interested in so it's like if you lived a life where you did all the things and got all the money then when you they'll go like oh yeah you can come up to the real world and make us money too <laughs> yeah
1: because you yeah because you can't imagine why would they spend that much money they're not going to not
2: gonna do it just out of the goodness of their hearts like <laughs> there's going to be ulterior motives to spend all yeah, but, that energy on simulating everyone. Yeah
1: because honestly if you were a society that was like, was very like nice and harmonious you probably wouldn't think it was morally okay to put people through something like yeah. this.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so it come,
1: come up with the idea. Like. Or if you came up with the idea you'd be like yeah that's not right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think Which I did mean?
2: actually finish that because I, I remember I had it started and then I actually lost that notebook and then I went and I I got the first draft finished. anyway, I must edit it and...
1: and see what the crack is with it.
2: Yeah, I think that was everything. No, was there
1: anything um, else? Did you miss out on anything? Uh, no, I just wanted to give one bit that I thought was funny because remember I told you like two weeks ago if I listened to that book that I read the uh, off to be the wizard, which is about a guy in sim who discovers it's definitely a simulation. He was back to be uh um to be Merlin in medieval times. I did find it mm. funny. I remember, because as well as listening to it, I forgot there was a funny line in it I did like, because one of the, kind of like, the story is like an apprentice-master relationship, but like for a big part of it, like the guy that goes back ends up getting trained by somebody who's already discovered it. And he was he was like, well, sure, this now proves there's no God. And I did like that the kind of teacher goes, well, maybe there is a God, maybe there's a giant computer game. And this, the guy s- saves his name every night, as G-O-D, because he has a sense of humor. <laughs> I I don't know I just quite liked that line I was like yeah maybe like if it's a simulation maybe that's why we call it god just uh just nothing really to do with the simulation thing I just thought a funny wee
4: tidbit yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's about it yeah yeah I think so too I think we got into a
2: lot of a lot of the points there yeah (laughs) yeah maybe that's a thing to if you want to leave a voice
1: message for us you can talk about what whether you think we're in a simulation or or anything and how your existential crisis is going whenever you realize that we might actually be yeah
2: (laughs) so i do think we're in either one or two more likely than number three i think we either go extent before we get that power or we never get that power because there's too much power or we just don't make a simulation that complicated
1: so, uh, so like three would be me agreeing that we're in the simulation, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, number three is basically
3: we
1: make it in the future. Yeah. So I'm going meeting. with one or three. I'm gonna right. go. So okay. either we're in a simulation or we will go. So you're like
2: fifty safe... fifty. I'm about
1: yeah, kind 30. of 50/50. That's a That's 60-30? Yes. <laughs> Where's the ten percent? <laughs>
2: they forgot to the program in my math module. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I of yeah, I'm going I'm going to 6030.
3: 6030.
1: 10% for unsure. 10% margin of error.
3: Yeah.
4: 10% for two, I guess. Uh. Uh. So um And to finish
2: up, if we are in a simulation, does it matter? Uh not really, no.
1: To be honest. Everything
2: everything's as real like if we if this is a simulation that doesn't make anything less real, all your all the good things and all the suffering in the world is still there. That's like that's one of my problems, actually. It's like like I'm I'm tempted sometimes to use simulation. Like I like to joke, it's like all oh, the simulation's breaking down. Like that's why everything's Understood. seems to be so shit at the minute. Yeah, it's like all oh, simulation's breaking down. Even when like this corona started, I was like joking. I was like it's like, oh, there's too many people in the simulation. They need to get, they need to, yeah, to kick, space. Kick, they need to kick some users, yeah. kick some users for activity. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just such a dismissive uh, attitude. Like it's fun to joke, but it's just like that. You're just like making light of all the hardships people go through in
1: the world. Like I think I read something and they said that like, that would be one of their worries. If we were proven to be in a simulation, you know, we still all kind of have to, Get on with this, and like you know, and everything. But that would make people less empathetic to people going through hardships, maybe in like other countries and stuff. Particularly, you know, it could make people more selfish and more
2: yeah. Like it's still all real. Like all the the bad stuff in the world still happens. Like it doesn't take away from that just because we're in a simulation. So um, like if it is like I was saying that if we we could work out that we're in a simulation right now, it wouldn't matter. No. Like all our all our hardships would just be as real and all our all the good things that happen would just be as real. And all the people we know would just be as real and all
1: our emotions would be as real. If anything, it should, even though it wouldn't, if anything, it should bring us closer together because we all know that we're in this together. <laughs> and yeah. that's, this is what's going to happen and this is how it is. And yeah, as you're saying, there's still pain, there's still suffering, there's still hunger, there's still anxiety, there's still... There's oh, still everything, unfortunately. Unfortunately unless we can figure out how to hack into the computer code and then rewrite everything. Yeah, because, like if, if the only... Superpowers. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: if the only chance we get to exist is in a simulation, is
1: that not good enough? Yeah, it's still a chance to exist.
4: Yeah.
1: And uh, a question. No, it's not good enough now. <laughs> uh, that wasn't a
4: question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: care if it was rhetorical. <laughs> But
2: that idea about um, chance to exist brings up another interesting point. Does that mean that if we, that we should another way I was talking about, we can make um, or we can make universes and we can make simulations. Does that mean we should be more obliged to do that because that means we're given other potential people the chance to exist? Hmm.
3: And
2: I suppose if we were given the chance, does that mean that we should like sort of? But then does that also pay, mean that, pay it forward? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But then that that, that that does that mean that we should be making as many children as possible, because that's giving more people the chance to exist.
1: Mm. So yeah, that's a big one. Gonna,
4: we, yeah, it's it uh, gets a bit gets wild. a bit wild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in other words, we should be making as many simulations and children as possible. But, <laughs> or, hey, but if we can make if, simulated but, children. <laughs>
2: If um if someone had to make a simulation just for us to have this conversation, then that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> and for it, and for everyone here to hear it, to hear it, to to simulate them listening as well. Mm.
2: All our simulated fans out
1: there.
4: Yeah,
1: all two of them, me and you, no, and <laughs>
3: Hello,
1: uh, just a, a word
2: from our sponsors. This week's podcast is sponsored by Cups of Tea. Are you a little sleepy, but not sleepy enough for coffee? Have a
1: cup of tea. It's terrific. rific It's tea-licious. I was going to leaf that one alone, but, but I had it in the bag. I was going to
2: say, tea, it's in the bag.
1: <laughs> that, was tree, <laughs> that was tree-rific. Uh, I, don't, um, I have the ones. If we're in a
2: simulation, fair play to whoever coded in the T, hey, it's <laughs> some job.
1: That's true, it'll take a lot of
4: work.
2: That's fucking unreal, hey. Fair play to you. Anyway. Jeez, we got into it this time, hey? We got into it.
4: Went for it, anyway. Yeah. Oh,
2: we need to <laughs> decide what, we're, what movie we're doing next time.
1: Oh, yeah. Um...
2: I was wondering if we should do a bit of uh, Denis Villeneuve. Can I just keep doing his movies.
1: Yeah, we can keep doing his movies.
2: What do you want to do to... next? Well, I was thinking because we did Contact, maybe we should do Arrival.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, so well, that makes sense. Here. It's kind of a logical step. Yeah.
2: And then if we're going to do Arrival, we may as well do the rest of them.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we could do Arrival and then do um, Prisoners. I actually realised, I thought. I thought Enemy was his first movie. Of Prisoners came out the year before Enemy. And you hadn't and then, seen that one,
1: had you? No. And he also has four movies that came out in Canada. Nineteen ninety eight really? Yeah, 1998, uh, August 32nd on Earth in 2000, Maelstrom, 2009, Polytechnic, 2010 was Incendies. But his first Hollywood movie was Prisoners. Oh, wow, I didn't know that.
2: So they must have just been domestic releases. Those they weren't international.
1: Yeah, they were domestic. In they were all Canadian releases. Yeah, I'd say.
2: Yeah, that must have been why I thought yeah. that they, that anyway. Yeah. So we could do Prisoners, and then we could do Blade Runner, and then his we his remake as well.
1: Yeah, his re- oh, uh, we could do them two
2: so, back back weeks back to back. Fair
1: enough. So you're saying Arrival, then Prisoners, then Blade Runner. Yeah. Then scenario, uh, I suppose
2: um well i watched that recently so maybe not
1: that one. Oh, I think yeah. I, gave,
2: I think i gave like
1: a i bet on it anyway.
2: yeah but What why don't we do know. all
1: this, we could do all his hollywood movies anyway and then we could maybe try his canadian movies and see like because they're all the ones he did first too so yeah we
2: could try them out okay so we'll do our recommendations for the movie enemy what did you make of it
1: uh, i really liked it yeah oh yeah i would definitely recommend it anyway
2: it will yeah absolutely, that, I think that was my third time to watch it and I still recommend it even though I'm still none the wiser.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit confusing, I, th- I, like, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. thought I was going, like you know, I was, I was working on multiple theories like, I was kind of like so, mm, yeah.
2: like I don't know. So we're going to get into the spoilers now and if you haven't seen it, go watch it and you can come
1: back to us and if you yeah. have then
2: stick around, strap yourself in
1: and we're all trying to make an enemy out of you
2: god damn it
1: uh, <laughs> you're making
0: an enemy out of me
2: boy <laughs> yep. um uh
1: um, so yeah anyway, so sorry, let me
2: let me hear you go on ahead with your
1: because i was going to say anyway so yeah the way we did it anyway so i hadn't seen it but you've obviously as you said you've seen this three times all yeah. right i really enjoyed it first of all i think jake and oh. held that movie really well um but the sport yeah, he's really
4: good. he's great, he's great as great.
0: always
1: yeah um i was just like it came to the end too like it was like because it's not like it's not hugely climactic if you know what if you know what i mean it's not like a well it kind of is but you know what i mean it's not it's it's good it's a good build-up but uh people describe that ending
2: (laughs) people describe that ending as the scariest ending to a movie ever some people said
1: yeah it's safe they have arachnophobia
2: (laughs) yeah it is it just kind of comes out of nowhere it's like what the fuck?
1: yeah and then I was kind of reading up about it then too, and I was like, "This is fucking mad." Yeah, it really does come out of nowhere, and then it just ends.
2: Yeah, I wa- I end up watching an explanation video today because I thought maybe the third time I'd finally get what's going on, but I I didn't. But yeah. I do feel like I understand now. I so, kind of yeah. like I kind of understood. Like I was definitely getting there, but it was just like I didn't see the weird thing too. Was I'd say if I'd say if you watch this movie again, like tomorrow, you probably actually would really get it because. Even just watching that video today, the first like, part of the video is just him going over things that happened and even that was enough to be like, I was, I was like, oh, I was, like, started drawing connections, started feeling like I was understanding things more.
1: So yeah, like, I'd say I need to go watch it another least once or twice anyway, yeah. to try and fully get everything. Like,
2: Even this time around, I, I could tell things were supposed to mean something, but I just didn't get what it was.
1: Like <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like set up in such a way in the movie that you're like, this is important.
2: Yeah, it's why, like, why is talking, it important? Yeah, at the start when he's doing the the history lesson, he's talking about control and everything repeating itself did, and everything. And I was like, this is important. And I was like, I don't know why this is important.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually did write that down. I was like, uh, I think I, did, I was like, spider. And I was like, the spider's out of control because it's walking out of And I wrote that down because he mentioned control and dictatorships. But then also the, the actor, I uh, divided them into Actor Jake and History Jake.
2: Yeah, that's the exact same way that um, the video I watched divided them up.
1: <laughs> it's like, uh, act, but the Actor Jake is really controlling. And that's a big part of his character and his character kind of flaw as well. Yeah. And it's like, is that their part of it? And then...
2: And what was your analysis of what was going on, basically, between the two Jakes?
1: Right, so my first, so first of all, I started going up with a couple of ideas. Is like, is it gonna be like a kind of a multiverse, kind of split in two, kind of thing? That's what I was clone? thinking
2: as well. Uh, I was like, I was am like, I just thinking that because of what we're talking about? Like, yeah. am I-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of wondering that too because it's been on my mind recently. Yeah, uh, and then like I started just writing down ideas, and it's like, as I clone, as like no, a clone, and then they showed the scar thing, and it's like, so I was kind of starting to work off. Was this like? was this like? Was this, like, was this the history, Jake's? idea of a life that he wanted but then like somehow it got distorted or was it like an actor kind of going so method or what yeah. it's like it's, it's something to do with i don't know with one of them i feel like and it's something to do with their psyche i also did think i thought that you know the way the actor jake had an affair i was like is it gonna turn out that the girlfriend of history jake is the woman that actor jake had an affair with I was like, is that going to be a possibility? <laughs> I was like, would but then I was like, would that mean anything?
2: <laughs> um,
3: so oh. yeah, like
2: I kind of was like, oh, is actor Jake like? I I was like, right, there's something to do with the subconscious, the spider yeah. thing. I was like, this is to do with fears. It's a, it's to do with irrational phobias, hmm. and I was like, is the actor Jake like? Is he the id and the, or like? I was like, is there some kind of you know? Are these uh representations of the of his personality mm. but i didn't really get anywhere conclusive like the, i don't know the way my mind I, I i couldn't like i think the big like from watching that video today the way you're supposed to take it there is the same person which i did yeah. have in my head but i just i could i found it really hard to keep that
1: thought in my mind if you know what i mean i thought that too like i found it hard to cause like i read something and they were saying it's like how it's like one is like the other's psyche, essentially, and I just like just find that hard to, I don't know, follow along. But at the same time, if the actor Jake is having an affair a history Jake has a girlfriend, could that be yet again? Won't have an like I don't know it was, it was it's, it's a good, confusing. It's a very good movie, but it's confusing yeah. and the yeah, thing. It's,
2: it's it's done so masterfully. Is the other thing like Jake's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is acting number one kiss boy. Is uh is amazing.
4: Yeah, <laughs> should should
2: I fucking... explain? Should I explain number one kiss boy at this point?
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe or maybe she's just making a <laughs> thing and just not saying anything.
2: <laughs> anyway, Jake's great actor, and, and I presume he loves kisses anyway. So yeah. uh,
4: He's number one kiss <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, his acting's amazing, and the direction is class. Like, like just the way everything's shot and everything is amazing oh, um, yes, i can kind of go into that video if you want to i'll try and remember it the best way i can and you can so you read stuff as well so we both kind of have outside views um, on it
4: yeah
2: or, yeah like i avoided uh any outside view because i was hoping at some point everything would just click but that hasn't didn't happen so i was like all right explain yeah. please well you
1: see I, of course i went in afterwards because i was like Right, I want to be able to try and maybe make some coherent thought on <laughs> on, on what we yeah. just watched.
2: But it's weird because even if you, you you can you come away from it, and you'd be like, I don't know what that was about, but I still really enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. It's because it's because it makes you think. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just... Yeah, it makes
2: it's it's actually the perfect movie for a discussion because like that's it's like you watch it and you're like, all right, what what was
4: that? Yeah, what do you think? Let's,
2: <laughs> let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. So yeah, like I think so. Like I was saying, I couldn't like keep it in my head that they were the same person because I kept like my mind kept searching for other answers
3: because
2: I just it it was like it was like I was like, oh, they're the same person. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And then I was like, maybe there's something else going on. Maybe there's universes overlapping.
4: Maybe I don't know. Mm.
3: Um,
4: but yeah, there's. Um there's hints
2: that they're the same person. Mm. Like when he goes to visit his mother, um she tell she tells him that he likes blueberries and he says he doesn't, and we know that the actor likes blueberries. Right. And then she tells him to give up the actor dream. And yeah, she he, tells she tells him that he is having problems with women and stuff.
1: Yeah, and which is which has not been his life. What I find interesting, what I read, is they were saying it's Adam and Anthony, and Adam is history, Jake, and they both have a scar coming from the rib, and if you take Adam as in like the Adam and Eve story from the Bible, and then a rib is taken from Adam to create Eve, so if you take it where the scar is, if it was like a rib being removed, which was Adam to create Anthony, which is kind of a... Kind of a far right theory of how they don't how that's know how that's relevant at all. No, I mean, as in because of like of how they're the same person. If you get mm. what I mean,
2: so it's like yeah, but I think that's what I think that's the I think that's the extent of what the scar was supposed to show you that they're the same person. I don't think there's any deep metaphor there for because oh, Adam and e, Adam and Eve aren't the same person.
1: <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but, <laughs> what uh, what he was saying was that I like, found interesting was because if he was Adam it said how they. No, because it's not that they're the same person, it's that he created Anthony yeah. in his Psyche and that's how the yeah. scar is supposed to be it's not even that the scar shows that they're the same person. The metaphor is that he gave the rib to create Anthony out of his psyche, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Or roundabout way to there <laughs>
2: So basically the the kind of analysis that I watched is that um whenever so if we go back to whenever um we first I think it's when we first see actor Jake and he's just ever getting off the phone with um, history teacher Jake, oh yeah, and the his wife is starts like freaking out, and she's like, "It's like, are you talking to her again?" Like yeah. she she very quickly and clearly knows that he's been unfaithful or something in the past,
1: mm. and she's also still highly suspicious of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know
2: and th- and then that plus the hint that we are i said earlier about the mum saying that he would problem with uh with girls yeah and yeah the thing that you said about splitting the psyche is basically like um and actually one of the things in the video that he referenced was um it's Chris Stuckman by the way uh video if anyone wants to watch it because he'll
4: he does a very good job of uh explaining everything um Uh, he he uses quotes
2: from Denis saying like that it's uh basically about he says first it's about his own subconscious and then he says oh well, that's like I suppose it's closer to being about Jake's subconscious and he says that in a couple of different interviews and um, so yeah like Chris Stuckman basically said it that like like he said it's splitting the psyche to deal with these um darker aspects of himself and it's like he's repressing memories and stuff too that's why he says that he doesn't like the blueberries because he's like height he's like repressing that part of himself and the part of himself that's being unfaithful.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, he's just trying to, like, things that he associates with that part of himself, he's, like, trying to get rid of. Yeah. Interesting. And he also does not like spiders.
2: So, and basically, <laughs> basically there isn't two people at all. It's just, like, he... It's almost like um, a split personality. Like, it, they... She uh, referenced, or he referenced, the point where he meets the wife at the at the school, and like he doesn't know her and uh, and everything. But then he goes around the corner, and then she calls him, and he answers. Yes. But you don't see them both. Like you don't see, so it could actually just be the same person, and then she yeah. chooses to go along with this psychotic break, as to not to
1: like um, because she prefers that. Well, but almost
2: I, just like that. She doesn't want to like uh, her, like hurt him. Like, because remember, whenever there's a scene then, and uh, I think it's after that, and she's like crying, and she's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I don't know." And she's like, "I think you do. Yeah. I think she she might understand what's going on with his psyche at that time, and she doesn't want to confront it or everything. She just wants to like she's playing along for his own for like zone. safety almost. And like she doesn't um, want to, she also, doesn't want it to fracture further.
1: And also, what the only time that they are seen together is in a room by themselves. They're never actually seen together. Yeah. At any other, but they're never seen together by another person. They're seen separately by people, but they're never seen yeah. together. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. That there that would really fit into that. So if it is a psychotic break or a split in the psyche, which would make sense.
2: Yeah. I think I'd, yeah, I like that analysis. And there's an interesting point where. Um, do you know where he's on the bus? It's like he follows the, oh, the, follows... the girl, the girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, it's like once that scene's over, when he's like looking at her on the bus, it cuts to him just sitting on the couch or on the armchair on his own. And mm. it's like maybe that was actually just him remembering that of like that lust for this girl. Like maybe that didn't wasn't happening in real time. Maybe that was just like more of a...
4: Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: It's just like yeah, him being feeling attracted to somebody on the bus. Yeah. Mm. It's very
4: interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. it, it does make sense. It just takes, it, it's like there's so much like, uh,
2: there's so much, so many subtle things happening. Like even, uh, do you know when he goes into the apartment, the wife's apartment or actor Jake's apartment at the end, he picks up the picture.
4: Yeah. And like then whenever, it's the same picture of one that
1: he has.
2: Yeah, I was like, because even, but even when I was watching, I was like, I could, I didn't even place. I was like, I was like, why is that? Like, I knew something was up with it. I just couldn't remember it because yeah. <laughs> it, it's like the picture that he uses to
1: to, yeah, to recognize that he is in the movie.
2: Yeah, but it's but that one's been ripped in half.
1: Yeah. So it's
2: like there's there's very subtle little things that like if you're like even even though I, I registered, I was like, why is this?
1: My, again? <laughs> you know, why is it so important why, yeah because I, I remember seeing a picture and I was like you know what's going to be important as to why it's ripped in half
4: yeah
1: just even you know the picture is important itself I'll just say on a kind of funnier side what this movie does well on the funnier side I just always wonder you know on so many movies that trick of trying to get inside of a place where you just wait till somebody comes out runs in the door mm. I just seen that and I was like does that work like you see it in yeah, so many movies and I just really wonder if it actually works Well,
2: if you you look like the person that...
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you look exactly... If you are the person, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, who knows?
2: And there was another thing, too. um, Whenever he goes into that place, the doorman says that he hasn't seen him in about six months, and then he finds out that the wife is six months pregnant.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't put that together, actually. Mm, I didn't put that one together, either. There's, um...
1: I just have here because I thought I was gonna say just as a joke. Obviously, the overall, this entire movie essentially is just Jake Gyllenhaal finding himself in a literal sense. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's like uh, yeah, one of those like one-word summaries. Jake, yeah. Gyllenhaal li- Jake Gyllenhaal literally finds himself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's so morcel yeah. piece. He, no, he goes looking for his, him, his actual body. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, there's so much in the movie. And never you say now about the six months thing, and even the sp- the split in the picture that makes it like it adds a lot. Of, like I'd say, there's so much in. I'd say there's so much packed into like every scene of that movie. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> say like every word and every scene seems to be quite calculated. Yeah. Um, I did find it... I did really enjoy, too, that whenever actor Jake kind of gets annoyed and then he starts researching history, Jake, I did kind of like that kind of flip in the movie, sort of, where, like, one is investigating the other and then the other one, start, you know, they start investigating each other, sort of.
2: Yeah. And then, um, so the spiders are supposed to be, like, women or maybe just commitment in general. So it's like he has a fear of commitment and that's why, like...
1: Is that why? Like, they you have like the naked woman walking by in his dream with the the yeah? Like, so like
2: yeah, yeah. He has he has the dream of the woman walk walking past with the the um the spider head spider head. And then there's a scene then when he's like fall- He's like walking down the hallway to go to the room, and he find there's another girl who's quite quite similar. And it's like he's attracted to this too. It's like he's he's like he can't control these urges that he has, and it's like he's in. That's like he's goes to that sex club at the start and everything. Yeah, and spiders are like I think it's probably supposed to um, represent uh, an amount of irrationality too because if you're afraid of spiders it's a phobia and phobias are irrational so it's like he has this irrational uncontrollable need
1: that he yeah and that's what the spider represents
2: yeah interesting
3: and
2: And the stuff and with the wife a, known too. It's like there was something about um, her go. She's like she says she went to see him at work or something. It's like because he is hmm. like the he is the history teacher. Like history history Jake is the real Jake, hmm. and,
1: and actor Jake is is, a, is a, yeah. I, I and took history Jake. Jake. Yeah. I was just thinking. now, when you were saying at the start with the at the start doesn't a woman use a high heel to kill a tarantula?
2: Yeah, she goes to like step on it
1: yeah so but if you take it that like essentially that fear or that attraction and then it's like that's a woman killing it so it's like a woman is the only thing that can kill it because that's his lust if you know what I mean I could take a
4: Mm.
1: a metaphor possibly for it that you would not get at all at the start of the movie or um,
2: (laughs) the like the scared spider at the end that's like he is the one that wants to kill the spider as well yeah or
1: squash that 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 bridge Antic spider. Yeah,
2: it's like he's like the movie. It's like he he solves all the problem. Like the actor Jake is gone. He's like back with his wife, and he like says sorry to her, and she tells him that he wants she wants him to stay. It's like they've they've worked they've had these problems, but she wants him to stay, and everything's almost resolved. And then he gets that key, and he just has to give in to his urges again. He's not in control.
1: Yeah, who finally? Yeah, it's just oh, that's all it takes is to, to set him off.
2: And even that look at the end when he looks at the camera, it's almost like he's just resigned. He's like, oh, is it again? And then that goes back to the thing at the start where he's like, everything everything happens again and again. The first time it's a tragedy, the second time it's a farce. Yeah. And he realizes that he's just doomed to repeat these things.
1: I did like to write that down I knew that that was going to be a thing as well the yeah. whole tragedy that's party. it Like
2: even, even though I was aware of these things I still didn't It's I couldn't I didn't manage to put it together myself but I do mm-hmm. think if I just watched it like right away or like the next day uh, things would have made a lot more sense because even just like I said just watching that video today because the first part of the movie was literally a summary a recap and I was going like ah oh. like I was working things out before he got to them even yeah, I know still, what you mean. so it's like I think if it's fresher in your head, you can probably start. Uh, there, there's even something like at the end of the movie, he uh, he hangs or he does his mum's calling and he hangs up, and the movie starts with a voicemail from his mum.
4: Oh
2: man! It's like there's all these weird things that like see if you just put it on at the start again, you probably would immediately get.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just all a cycle. Yeah. Or a farce. But then the second time it's a farce, so do you want to be living a fires? Mm. <laughs>
4: Um, yeah very cool movie very interesting movie very different movie I think um, it shows
2: the strength of his directing too that even like you can come away just being confused but you're still like that was
1: yeah but it's still amazing like, yeah, <laughs> not, you're not like annoyed that you don't know it all if you know what I mean yeah, you're not, like, it's almost exciting you're just like what yeah you know because you know <laughs> if, it was, if it was done poorly you'd feel annoyed because because yeah. like, you still feel like you were told something in this but you yeah. don't do you, you know don't, what <laughs> you, don't
2: need, you don't need the big like reveal at the end where you're going
1: oh yeah. and it was the groundskeeper like all yeah. along you know, it's like, like, like a, it. a
2: lesser a lesser filmmaker might just explain everything at the end where he's just like hey, you know you'll get there eventually
1: yeah or you know but that's kind of the thing they reckon of like that's not dumbing down your audience or it's like treating your audience with like you know if they want to they'll go and figure it out themselves
4: yeah Gotta, we're, which we're, we're trying to do, like. <laughs> you gotta assume they're intelligent, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Is that it? I don't know, I'm think. a thing. Yeah,
2: it
1: I, feel like be, a, I,
4: feel I feel like there should be more.
2: <laughs> there was some more stuff that uh, Chris went into, like the big massive um, spider walking around over Toronto. Oh yeah. He reckons yeah. that is of representation of his mother in particular. Oh right, why? Which I, which I can make, I, I think that makes sense. He didn't really go into this, but I would think that like the most imposing, important woman in your life is your mother. Okay. So maybe it was uh, suggesting that all his issues are somehow coming from maybe mother. childhood or something, yeah. And then well, Chris, uh, Chris also referenced that there is actually a statue in Ontario called the mother spider, and it looks quite
4: a bit like that spider. It's got big long legs and all. Oh, well yeah did not know that hmm it's interesting um i'm just gonna write down stuff that for
1: actor jake i think it's the most elaborate way to have an affair but you know, <laughs> just at, the, just at the end just find somebody who exactly like you um i knew the letter was important but i will admit i could not figure out what for you know what he uses and he gives to them and then of course that's the key to the sex club
4: yeah
2: it's kind of been there (laughs) the whole time yeah
4: yeah it's constantly it was that's quite a big thing in it Mm. um yeah i don't know so big spiders and confusion but great movie
1: overall
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: i give it uh two out of two jakes (laughs)
1: two
4: out of two jakes (laughs) 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 i'll give it eight and a half actor jakes out of history jake <laughs> eight, eight
2: legs out of spider
4: okay. eight legs <laughs> out of spider <laughs>
1: uh, eight tarantulas out of nira- arachnophobia I don't know what else you See, I was thinking about this because I don't think we actually did a rating for contact and so I was going to say eight sexual harassments out of Clinton but that had too far <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, yeah. I don't think we did do a rating.
1: Uh, but I, thought, I, know, I think that's and because we did. Know.
2: Maybe that's because we didn't really like it.
1: Yeah, and I didn't give it an 8 either. It was
2: like, I'd say about 5 or 6. Yeah, it's like a, maybe 6 giant satellites out of a field
1: of satellites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 6 Matthew McConaughey's out of God. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, definitely prefer the enemy anyway.
2: Hmm, yeah, not better. Um,
1: that's, one, like, that's one I'll definitely watch again. Like. Yeah. Because then I'll be like,
4: ah, I still don't get it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll probably give it like a year and then go back to it again and I'll probably have forgotten
1: all the things. That I... <laughs> and I'll be like, what's going on in this movie again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. He just wants his fucking blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And yeah, I suppose that's about it. Yeah, that will mm-hmm. do. do. All
4: right. Uh,
2: goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening. Yeah. thank you for listening, everybody. Take it easy.
2: Bye, bye. All right. Bye, 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 and bye. All right. Like, no. Bye, uh, bye, uh, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Someone commented that
0: on the very first one that I
2: shared.
0: For most of it won't even include us We may as well enjoy the shit show While we try to leave it better for everyone else What are we doing here? Let's forget our existential dread Grab another piece. We've been doing it for years And after all it's neither there nor here Don't forget that each of us are worthless And I regard we're all exactly the same It doesn't mean that we should all just care less need each other in a world that's this insane